warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned pop thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 326. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall brat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, push over. Pop culture. Morty, get over here. We gotta do a pop culture leftovers intro. What are you talking about, Rick? I'm really worried. Is our show going off the air? No, of course not, Morty. Don't be an idiot. It's just that... It's just... That show sucks, Rick. Don't worry about that, Morty. Uh, They couldn't even afford the real voice actors, Morty. Anyway, Wubba-Lubba-Dub-Dub, or whatever the fuck we say, and uh, Plumbus, Mr. Poopy Butthole, Dr. Clip-Clop, Rick and Morty stuff. So, uh, enjoy this episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. Hope you like shit. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're we're the the Leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, (laughs) energy energy level on my end through the roof this week, Jake. Welcome back. Hey, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you are you are popping off the walls. You're <laughs> kind of giving me anxiety with how hyped up you are. Oh my god, man! It's like I didn't think I'd have to work this week, and then my job tells me like Sunday, like no, we're going to work on Monday. I'm like, okay. And not only am I going to work, but I'm working overtime. And so, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking, you know, I'm wiped out. I'm fucking wiped out. Yeah, this week just kicked my fucking ass. And then I had to watch all this goddamn content for these, this fucking show that, uh, people listen to. I gotta do that shit. So it's, it's never, it never fucking ends, Jake. I never get a fucking break. Here I am pissing and moaning about watching fun stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, man, it's going to be a week of tossits the way it sounds. <laughs> it's like, it, well, it's no, 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 no. It's, it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you just want to sleep. You just want to fucking sleep. And like everybody else during this coronavirus is like on lockdown. They're at home and they're able to sleep. And I envy them a little bit. I envy them a little bit. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm doing the, the grocery job. So I would love to just be quarantined and sleeping whenever I want. I mean, that looks like the good life. I'm seeing all the memes about what people are doing in quarantine, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm so jealous of these people. Yeah, I don't even have time, I don't even have time to see those fucking memes. I'm just working. <laughs> just work, working myself to the bone. <laughs> 
Oh, man. You know what my worst uh, financial decision of 2020 was so far? Yeah, we can get into that. Sure. (laughs) The fucking 2020 AMC popcorn bucket. (laughs) 2020 AMC popcorn bucket. Yeah, Yeah, I really fucked up buying that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. like 30 bucks, too. I wonder if they're going to do anything about that. Extend it, you know, a few months over the coronavirus. Yeah, just make the 2021 good for 2021, too. Let us just scratch a one into that zero. You think COVID-19 is going to have a sequel? You think we're going to get COVID-20? They're like, You know what I mean? <laughs> this time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> COVID tw- COVID, COVID-21, now of legal drinking age. <laughs> yeah, I think it could, I think it could very well happen. This first one seems to be getting a lot of attention, so yeah. sequels are inevitable. Yeah. I, yeah, reboot the COVID virus, you know what I mean? <laughs> like new Coke? It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual reimagining is what it is. <laughs> I think it'll be more of a soft reboot. It'll, it'll still be the same canon, but. You know, a different story. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, clearing the throat. That's always a good sign. Always, and the listeners love it. Listeners are a big fan when you clear your throat on a podcast. That's what I do in public now because I, I hate dealing with people anyway. And if somebody gets anywhere too close to me, I just start coughing like a lunatic. <laughs> it's, just, it's basically. I'm not going to lie. I've done that trick once or twice in the last few weeks. You bet your fucking ass. Get the fuck away from me. Just start coughing like crazy. <laughs> And then I just cool. then I just look at him and say, "Don't worry, just leftover swine flu. It just it just it lingers." You need to step it up a notch and just start farmer blowing all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. I plug the that one really nostril gets out of the way. Plug the one nostril and just like let them have it. Let let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not alone this week. We are joined by uh, Shift and Tristan. Welcome back, Tristan Brown. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing all right. And stay six feet away from me and we'll be fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And we, you know what? We got more. We got more. It doesn't end there. Because I didn't know 100% if Jake was going to come back this week. And I didn't want to be in a position where I was just like, oh, man. So I, we got Neil. You're back. I am back. Yeah. So two we got weeks in a row. It's crazy. Two weeks in a row. We got a packed house this week. A packed house. Not, but less than ten. Less than ten people. So it's <laughs> it's it, we're not we're not breaking the law here. Oh man, you had shifted just doing it like a duo. There would have been so many awkward noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're gonna read iTunes here uh, reviews here in a second. I've been holding those off for weeks. But uh you ever gotten a random text from a number that you've never seen before? And they obviously, like, you don't know if you do know them, but then on the flip side, you think, like, oh, it could just be, like, a person that just sent it to the wrong number, and they have no idea that they sent it to the wrong number. Like, they're trying to reach Janet, and and they got you instead. And so, like, they just start off with something, and... uh you're like, what the fuck does this test mean? What's this number? I've never even seen this number. You ever had that? Have you ever had one of those? Oh yeah, that usually turns into night of the improv for me. Yeah, all, try to, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're kind of yeah. You're picking up what I'm putting down here. That's exactly where this is going. Um, yeah, I got a random text, and it had it just it just had the capital letter A, 
And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I waited like six hours before I responded. I was working, didn't have time for that shit. Responded like six hours later. And I just put a question mark. And then I got a text back and it said, and I think, it, I don't know what this is. They go two one thirty second washers under front, period. And then it, and then the word lugs, like the shoe. Remember lugs? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I still have a pair of lugs somewhere. They're like the B-level right. Timberlands, right? Yeah, they're like Timberlands. I had a pair of Timberlands, too. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I wore those Timberlands out. I, I, oh, God, I wore them out. Yeah, two one thirty second washers under front, period. Lugs. And then I was just like, I'm just, I, I am just going to respond with some fucked up shit. Just some really weird fucking shit and see what happens. And so I responded, oh, okay, I should have known. Well, I'll talk to Donnie Bailey about that tomorrow. Tina gave birth to a hamster yesterday. He's so adorable. We named him Fazzle Bottoms. <laughs> what was the name again of the hamster? And there was Fazzle Bottoms. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was that it? No more response? Nothing. And nothing after that. I was hoping for more. Because it would have just got even more ridiculous. I was partly wanting to, like, give out the number to a few friends of mine and have them say, have you seen Tina's hamster, Fazzle Bottoms? And just send them random pictures <laughs> of hamsters. Have you ever tried to figure out, like, who your number neighbor is by texting them? Oh, I remember that whole thing when that was going down on the... How did that work? What was the number? How did you do that? You just went one digit either above or below the final number of your phone number. Yeah, I never did it. I was just like, I never did it. Did you do it? No, I, I never tried either. It was, it was interesting. Though. I saw a lot of different people doing it, and there were some interesting exchanges from very peaceful to very aggressive. You know? Yeah, I saw Chris Evans did it. You know, on Twitter. That's funny. And like, they, yeah, the, I think the girl, no, the girl on Twitter, like, she posted something like, my, yeah, my, uh, number, what do they call them? Number buddies? What the fuck? Number neighbor. Number neighbor. My number neighbor's Chris Evans. And then she, like, posted the picture of him, like, responding or some shit. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. You can just make up that you're some famous person and tell your number neighbor that's who you are. It's funny when it's crazy when like uh, the internet first like first had like the chat rooms and stuff. A lot of the celebrities would go into them and they would talk and they would say that they're you know so and so and nobody would believe them. Like Howard Stern would get into like message boards and say, "Yeah, I'm Howard Stern," and everybody would be like, "Bullshit, bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I can believe that. There was really no way to prove one way or the other. There was no blue check. Or, oh, yeah, and if you sent a picture back then, it'd take, like, 10 hours to download. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fucking Christ, this episode. News this week sucks. It's just, I don't know, we do have, I do have Black Widow possible spoilers that came from 4chan, which we'll talk about the Black Widow leaked script rumors uh, a little bit later. But let's jump into iTunes, so we haven't done that in a while. I'm really not feeling it this week, fellas. Oh, I, I was being silent for the bumper. I, uh, yeah, I know. No, it's fine. I, I, that wasn't even on my mind. I, oh, yeah. really, <laughs> really not feeling it this week. We'll oh, get man, there. Is it, yeah, is it because we have so many iTunes 
you know, reviews since we haven't done them in a long time. Yeah, that was it. That was the anxiety on my mind this week, all week. It was just like so many iTunes reviews will never. No, we got four, and they're they're quick. Mm. So, all right, here we go. Let me play the fucking bumper. <laughs> it's one star First iTunes review comes from uh, Mino Franco, and he goes on to say, oh, it's titled Super Fun Movie and TV Convos. He goes on to say, Brian, you are one of my favorite voices in the extended podverse. Never kill yourself, and it's a five-star. Wow. That's a great review. Yeah, so, kind yeah. of dark, though. No, not really. He's saying never kill yourself. If it, it, it's saying fucking go kill yourself, I hope you catch COVID and die. That's dark. <laughs> I mean, just to even think that that, yeah, I, I don't know. It's good though. It's five star review. I'm not going to make fun of this one anymore. I don't know. I think, I don't think, I don't, saying never kill you, I think that should be kind of like, uh, you know, like when you're saying goodbye to family and friends, that should be like you're kind of like goodbye sign off to them. Hey, love you, love you, Dad. Never kill yourself. All right. <laughs> Starting to lean back towards the dark side again now. Tristan's got a shitty connection. He's letting me know in a chat. I'm bringing it onto the onto the podcast. Tristan, just hang up and call back, Chief. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, pay pay hey, the bills, man. He's fucking calling in. Let's pause. <laughs> oh, this is not helping. What is going on? Just join the <laughs> pause. <laughs> Welcome back, Tristan. Thanks for making the show fun and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what do we what what do we got here? We got another. You guys uh, finished the reviews? No, I re- we read one, Tristan. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Ouch. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Tristan's coming in hot this week, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Not a not a Mino Franco fan, Tristan, no. Yeah. Mino Franco. It was originally a four star review and sometime in between the four weeks that Jake was gone, it was now a five. It was like <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna take anything from that. I don't. You know what I mean, Jake? And we're probably gonna dive down to a three next week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna keep my eye on it. Uh, this next one's titled "You Guys Are Awesome." It's a five star, and it comes from DC 1976 544. Do you think huh. that? Do you think that number has uh, any significance? Hmm. 1976 might be his birth year. Uh huh. Might be his birthday. Also, might be the next strain of the COVID virus. That's a lot of. That's a lot of strain. I know. I'm telling you. I don't know. I don't know how this virus works. I don't know how they. I don't know how. How did they even get named COVID? COVID nineteen. Like who picked the number? You know what I mean? I have no idea how they do this. I don't know. Science. Huh. I think it was the year that it was discovered, which was late last year. 
Oh, wow. So it's like, a, it's like, we're going to talk about that movie Uncorked, which, uh, talks about wine and wines come out in a certain year. They do it like wines. <laughs> I was sticking there like EA sports games now. I, I didn't realize. So it's like, you just have the one every year with the updates and you know, new strains. Uh, that was a, that was a fun little conversation we just had there. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's forming a five star review right now because of that. Or lowering their previous one. Oh my god. This is a train wreck. Um shit. Uh, <laughs> goes on to say, uh I drive a lot for work and love listening on the road. Love hearing what you guys have to say about I'm glad he's driving on the road, Jake, when he's driving. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, glad he's that just yeah, like not the sidewalks and shit. Fucking driving through people's yards and shit. You know, <laughs> going through playgrounds. <laughs> fucking ends up in the Winslow's fucking living room like that Family Matters episode. <laughs> what season are you on? I'm on, I'm still on two, man. I'm slowly making my way through it. I'm watching like maybe one or two episodes a week. Oh, uh, because probably what like thirty episodes a season. Yeah, there's like, yeah, there's over 20. There's definitely like over 20. It's like 23 or 26 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Is that awkward when Jaleel White like started becoming like a grown man? Yes. And playing Urkel? Yes, it really was. It really was. <laughs> like, because he was like, you know, I guess maybe when they started, I hate, I hate even saying this about children. He was, I guess he was pubescent. I don't know if he was pre-pubescent. I don't know. I don't know if Jaleel's white, Jaleel White's balls had dropped by the time they started filming Family Matters. But I mean, yeah, man, he like, he became, he became a goddamn man on that show. It was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he had like guns, like his arms were huge and everything when he got older. Yeah. Oh God. I, I, the day that Carrot Top started showing off his fucking ripped body is the day that I wanted to fucking just vomit. Just stop with that. <laughs> Every time that guy has a chance to take off his shirt, he does, and he just he looks like Howdy Doody on steroids. It's just the most. It's the. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so weird. It's like a bad Photoshop job. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Someone just put a his face on a bodybuilder or something. Your connection does suck, doesn't it, guys? It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Is it bad? Yeah, you should have. You're wrong. Not. I like you're on fucking quaaludes and shit. Yeah, it's like that scene from Wolf of Wall Street where like Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio's climbing out of the Lamborghini. Or it's like what's that what's that scene what's that scene in that movie where fucking Will Ferrell gets hit with a dart in the neck? You got a dart in your neck. <laughs> oh that's cool. Oh, that's a great fucking movie. Let's pause. Let's get Tristan all squared away, taken care of. We're gonna take care of you, Tristan. That's what all we're right, gonna do. Let me uh, reboot or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do both. Let's reboot and do the something. <laughs> all right, we're back. Where the fuck are we in this show? What is going on? Uh, second iTunes review. 
Marvel news. <laughs> you're, you're ready for Marvel news. <laughs> oh my God, Jake! This is if this is any indication on how the episode's going, and he's on the goddamn thing. This is not a good one. This is garbage. <laughs> Seriously, like this episode's going to end up in the trash compactor with Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Chewie. It's, it's this is bad. Yeah. What's the name of the stupid thing that's in there with him? It has a name with a D. Oh, the you know that? yeah, the little the eyeball guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that thing yeah. has a story too. You know, I, I bought a book like uh, it's like the forty year anniversary of Star Wars, and oh. it has like little stories of every minor character in, in a New Hope. Yeah, and they all have like a little story that's canon. And that little one-eyed creature has its own story too. Is there a story about? And I've heard this. Is there a story about how? An archaeologist, okay, how Han Solo and Chewbacca landed on Earth and Han dies at the wheel of the fucking Millennium Falcon and then fucking, or is this fanfic that I read? And, and it sounds he, like fanfic. And he dies at the, okay, he, so he dies at, he dies, they land on Earth, Han Solo fucking ends up dying at the, on Earth and then Chewbacca leaves him in the pilot seat. He wants to die in the pilot seat. And then Chewbacca just roams the earth and he becomes what we know as Sasquatch. As Sasquatch. Yeah. And mm. like, and who, who discovers the body of Han Solo? Uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's, that's in like a legends book or it's like in a comic book somewhere. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. We're- <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I, guess, I guess we're in Star Wars news now. <laughs> and just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bag, thank you for your patience. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, man. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Back to these iTunes reviews. What's going on with these fuckers? Uh, here we got. Oh, we got. Uh, this one comes from Jason in Illinois. And uh, it's titled Best. And he put. Period. Pop culture podcast. Oh, no, he put pod coast. Pod cost. We don't charge anything. He spelled pod cost ever. <laughs> pod cost. Is that, is that British? Pod cost. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Best podcast ever is what he says. <laughs> it's the best podcast ever. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> like turn it to Oliver Twist. It's the best podcast yeah. ever. Can I have some more? Can I have some more, <laughs> sir? Can I please have some more podcast? Um, <laughs> is that culturally insensitive? I don't know. If you don't it, eat your it, meat, is it culturally insensitive when you talk about the UK? Like, is that like off limits? Let's find out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dan was on the line. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any podcast. That's what I like to say. Uh, it goes uh, on. I referred to Dan as you people once, so. Oh, you did. Did you, did you do that on an episode or off the air? Yeah, it was on the episode. Mm. <laughs> ah, man. <sighs> this has got to be the best pop culture podcast of all time. I laugh constantly. <laughs> hey, we're living in hard times now. Must be for them to say this. I laugh constantly listening to this one. I first listened to this group on my drive back from Chicago to Colorado after Christmas 2019. 
Uh, I was listening to episode 308, and within the first few seconds of the show, I heard the word cock thistle, and I knew I'd found my people. Uh, LOL. They spent uh, ten, probably 10 minutes on the superiority of tater tots and <laughs> developed a whole persona and life story around a person who wrote in called Ken Dog. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't even the core content, which, by the way, was also uh, great. Uh, it's long, uh, but it's so much fun. Worth the listen, even if you spread it out over your week to get through it. Most recently, I finally got to episode 314 with The Witcher and The Mandalorian. I get stupid busy sometimes. Uh, it's hard to keep up on podcasts. Oh, he spells it correctly this time, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but this one I'll keep specifically looking to catch up on for sure. Keep up the amazing work, folks. My parents keep texting me about Tiger King. Jesus fucking Christ. All fucking day. All, and, my, and I'm wearing one of the, I'm taking off this fucking Fitbit because this fucking thing, every time I get a fucking message, this thing's like, it's annoying. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. God damn it. All day. My mom, I tell my mom to watch Tiger King all week. Watch Tiger King. Watch Tiger King. Watch Tiger King. And then, and then finally, it takes, it takes like my aunt to tell her to watch it before she'll actually watch it or somebody else to watch. I'll tell her to watch it like fucking three weeks ago. And then somebody else will be like, Oh yeah, uh, Susie Brenton told me to watch Tiger King. And I'm, I told you that three fucking weeks ago, woman. Um, I don't call my mom woman. Call her lady. <laughs> um, but lady. <laughs> listen here, lady. <laughs> but man, geez, like, blow, now, now my dad's texted me about Tiger King. What's my old, what's he saying? <laughs> they should create a group text. And I did. Uh, finished watching Tiger King. Very good. What a cast of characters. Kind of reminded me of Fargo. What? Okay. <laughs> I can see that. I get, yeah, yeah, actually, now that I say it, okay. I can see it. Oh my god, my parents drive me nuts. They always do it on, they always do it on the day of record too. I don't hear from them all fucking week. They could have died of COVID. I have no fucking idea. And then Saturday rolls around and it's like they're in perfect fucking health. <laughs> Are you doing your little show, Brian? <laughs> Speaking of little shows, Brian, we watched Tiger King! Oh my, god. oh my god. Do they listen? No, God, no. <laughs> All right, this, uh, this last one comes from, uh, the real slap nuts, and it's nuts spelled with a Z. The real slap nuts. Oh boy. Oh man, you guys, you guys don't sound impressed. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's so lame, it was like hard to even like, the material's already done. Like, he's already made fun of himself with that day. Is, is there a fake slap nuts? <laughs> the fake one has an S at the end of it. Uh. Are we done? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's titled Hanging Drywall, and it goes on to say, Been listening to you guys since Infinity War. Love the show. It was actually Hanging Drywall. While listening to this quarantined at home, keep up the good work and more Rebecca and Dan. And so what did I do? I got Tristan and Neil. There you go. <laughs> hey, it's like lugs compared to Timberlands. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, God. I, I definitely. Oh, man. I saw, a, I saw a nice pair of Fila's the other day. Fila boots. Have you ever seen Fila boots? 
Yeah, they're nice. Fila yeah. makes a good product these I, days. I know. I'm, I wear. I actually have a pair of Fila sneakers. But I saw I saw a guy I work with. This guy I work with, incredible guy, incredible guy. I I, I go to the gym and he's. Uh, I can't really get into like who he is and stuff like that because I work at the gym. It's like a drug rehab, and so I open up the open up the gym for these guys that are in recovery. And he's in recovery, um, but he's he also oversees things as well. And uh, just just a really cool guy. Finally started talking. He watches that show Godfather of Harlem. He's from the Bronx. And, um, and, uh, up in New York and, and he was talking about how he remembers, like he's in his sixties and he was talking about how he remembers seeing like, you know, the black Muslims walking around and stuff like that. He's a black, he's a black uh, man himself and he's just an incredible person. He thinks he might be related to Bumpy Johnson because his mom was involved in organized crime. And I'm like, dude, you've got to go to ancestry.com. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So he's going to do it. He might be related to Bumpy Johnson. I was blown away. He was telling me about how, like, you know, like his mom would get a hold of, like, those trucks, those semis that they would pull over and steal from. And then they would leave all this shit in her fucking house. And then. Oh, man, like 100 VCRs and shit. Well, he was talking about he'd see radios and what else, like just stuff in his house. Like he would go into his house and there'd be, like, just shit all over the place that. Because his mom was in organized crime. I was just like, wow, that's incredible, dude. Yeah, you got to go to Ancestry.com and get that checked out. That'd be yeah. fucking amazing to find out. And you're fucking related to a gangster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Got an email here. Let's see here. Who's it from? It's from Bosco. It's from Bosco. He sent this to me, but I wanted to read it on the show. Because I really like this one. He goes, hi, Brian. I too watched, I I talked about Curb Your Enthusiasm. I haven't watched the final episode of the season yet. But I talked about the penultimate episode. And that licorice, that fucking licorice. Uh, And he goes, I too watched Curb Your Enthusiasm and suddenly needed licorice like my life depended on it. Unfortunately, I moved to Taiwan from Australia nine months ago. And they have no idea what licorice is. I've run out of shopping malls. Now I want the Danish stuff. Can you please send me that link? So I sent him a link to the li- I haven't gotten the licorice yet, Neil. Really? Yeah, it hasn't arrived yet. I guess it takes a while. Right now. I never craved licorice until I watched that episode. I, I, right? <laughs> yeah. And even though it was fucking up their stomachs, I still wanted it. Yeah, and just like you, I Googled that shit. Oh, I, right? Right? I fucking, I was pausing the screen when he was holding up the tin to find out, like, who made that fucking licorice. I don't think it's a real company. I think it was, like, one of those Hollywood props. But I still want it. looked to, so delicious. It, it did. wasn't, like, you know, some cheap red vine shit. No. It was, like, yeah, it looked, like, scrumptious. I yeah, mean, fuck you just, it. You know how, like, Twizzlers just look, like, I don't yeah. know, Twizzlers are just generic. This looked like a fucking, like, a hearty dick. Of licorice, <laughs> you know. This was like the John Holmes dick of licorice. I'm not you know? even a fan of black licorice, and it looked good on on the screen, you know. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh man, I wanted it so bad. That car was awesome too. That he fucking bought. That fast and furious. Oh, the BMW. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, he goes on to say, and while I'm here, I just want to thank you for the podcast. I love it here with my wife, but. It can still get a bit lonely, not speaking the language yet. Listening to you guys can really make the day pass, and I'm not even a huge pop culture guy. Good banter and good times. Cheers, Bosco. Thank you, Bosco. Not even a big pop culture. Why the fuck are you listening to us? This is crazy. <laughs> I saw well, purely the banter and none of the information. That's awesome. 
I sent him the link. I sent him the link, the link to the Danish licorice that I that I purchased. I can't wait to get it in. I did get my uh, Kazito cookies. I, I watched an, uh, an episode of uh, that Little America show on Apple TV, and it's about this African woman that uh, made cookies. Her dad was a like a he made cookies and shit in Africa, and she brought them here. And she started her own business and started making cookies. She lives in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a true story. And so I bought her fucking cookies and I had her, had her send me a dozen. And they are so good. You put them in the microwave for 15 seconds. They're fucking amazing. Kazito cookies. K-I-Z-I-T-O. And it's just, oh, they're so good. Got a chocolate chip. I got the, oh, the sugar cookies. Probably one of the best sugar cookies I've ever had in my life. Just tremendous cookies. Oh, man. I love a good warm cookie too. That's yeah. cool that you microwave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got one called Lucky in Kentucky, and it's got pecans in it. Oh my god, love pecans! Ah, oh, it's such a good cookie. Highly recommend. Highly fucking recommend, people. Kazito.com. Do you recommend Shipping Little Field. America? Little America. I recommend most of the episodes, to be quite honest with yeah. you. The first five had me in tears after every one. Then the next two were just kind of bonkers weird. And I was just like, I don't feel like I'm watching the same show that I was watching. But uh, <laughs> overall, it's a very good show. Um, yeah. Go and check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, I got a Michael Cannon mashup, I think. Do I have one? Yeah, I do. Hold on. But I asked a Twitter poll, uh, raisins, question mark. And I put no and yes. I just wanted to know if people liked raisins, yes or no. And it was a close fucking poll. Uh, 48% said yes and 52% said no. And over 100 people participated in the poll. So it was pretty close, uh, close. But, um, that inspired this week's Michael Cannon mashup, which I don't think, Michael Cannon, you started one for me and I never got the finished product with the, the dirty dancing, the dirty dancing, what was it? The, uh, the Havana Knights of Ren, the sequel to Dirty Dancing. I never got that one. <laughs> and, and the tagline was nobody, nobody puts baby Yoda in a corner. And like, I wanted to, see, I wanted to see the finished product and I never got it. So if you finished it, let me know. But, uh, this week's is inspired by my raisins poll and it's, uh, it's, uh, the movie Raising Arizona meets the California Raisins. You know, the Nick Cage movie and where he plays high. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's Raisin Arizona with the California Raisins and they all look like the characters from Raising Arizona. Just ask California <laughs> Raisins. <laughs> Whatever happened to those guys? The California Raisins? Yeah. I put out that fucking poll and they got voted no. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love those fucking commercials back in the day. Never liked raisins, but I loved those commercials. And I had, Jake, I know you had the Hardy's toys, the little figures. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Those were, like, one of the first, like, big collectibles I remember as a child, like, where people were paying a lot of money to get the whole set of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just miss stop motion in general. It used to be everywhere. Did, yeah. did you watch the, um, oh, you should watch Supermansion. That's great stop motion. And then, yeah. like... I, I think Leica Studios is like the really the big one doing it now. You know, Kubo and the two strings was fantastic. Kubo mm-hmm. and then uh, Link, and then I mean, uh, oh, um, Paranorman was fantastic as well. That's a really good one it's from Leica. Um, oh, Craig Smith, one of our listeners, he 
is a comic book writer and he dropped a Kickstarter and I want to tell everybody about it here real quick and I'll put a link in our show notes. Um, he's doing a comic book. It's called Starlight and it's about former child superheroes, now washed up teenagers. And let's see here. It is. Weldell, Smith, and Webb will drop their independent comic about two former child superheroes, now teens, struggling with their past fame and loss of their powers. Do child superheroes end up like child stars? A heroic past haunting their present, forgotten by the pop culture zeitgeist, only to be recalled in nostalgic listicles on YouTube. So... Uh, the comic Starlight explores youth and the idea of coping with loss on multiple layers as the two former heroes are suddenly thrust back into danger and their teenage minds are forced to question the morals and heroic ideals that they were raised with. So, um, yeah, this is pretty awesome. This is like way, way more adult content than what, you know, Greg, I've seen him do in the past. So. I, you know, I met Greg a couple times at C2E2, just a great guy. Um, and I wanted to support him. So I've actually backed, helped back the Kickstarter. I did like the $60 pledge where you get to be on their podcast mm. for 10 minutes. So, um, nice. I'm really looking forward to that. So I will post that. And I mean, that's a very cool concept. I mean, you look at all the child stars that their lives kind of fell apart. You know, some of them not forever. Some of them got out of it. But, I mean, there's been many deaths, too. Look at, like, Dana Plato and um trying to think. Um Yeah, uh, Walter Koenig's kid. Um, yeah. Uh, fucking most of the <laughs> different strokes cast, you know. Gary huh. Coleman got into drugs and hmm. even Todd Bridges got into some, you know. Todd Bridges had a couple mug shots and got in trouble. I think Todd Bridges is the only one alive now. He's the only one alive. Yeah, yeah. Like, God, Conrad Bain outlived the old, you know, fucking, you know, Mr. Drummond outlived Dana Plato and Gary Coleman, for crying out loud. He lived well into his 90s, I think. Hmm. Sad. So, yeah, I mean, superheroes, uh, you know, kind of like exploring how they might have, like, the same tragic childhoods as... um, as they get older, as, uh, you know, some of the child stars. You ever watch that movie, Dickie yeah, Roberts? Got... What was that? Well, D- what was it called? Uh, it was the Dickie Roberts movie. It was the David Spade comedy about he was Dickie Roberts' formal child, child star. star. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I know all of it, but I did never see it. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Had a cameo uh, with Corey Haim before he died. Huh. He had all the child star cameos in yeah. there. Leaf Garrett. Mm. A ton of them. What were you trying to say, Neil? You've been trying to yammer about something for feels like ten minutes. <laughs> oh, I, I was saying that I backed the uh, the Starlight comic too a few days ago. All right, well, you want a fucking <laughs> pat on the back? What do you want? <laughs> no, <laughs> you should help out these creators in these yes. times. Absolutely, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree. And it's it's but a give me one of those goddamn cookies you're talking. About. <laughs> yeah, I will tell you what. I will fucking ship you a casito cookie. How about that? <laughs> I'll sneeze on it first, so it's uh, it, you know. It's, oh, good, good extra seasoning. Uh, let's see here. All right, yeah. So check it out. I'll, I'll put the link in the in the, uh, in the show notes, and I've retweeted it and everything. Uh, so if you follow us on Twitter, you can also it's oh, and it's uh, at Starlight Comic on. Uh, on Twitter, and that's S T A S T A R L I T E. So it's not L I G H T. All right. 
You guys are a fun group. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are fun. My boys, hanging out with the boys tonight. <laughs> going to get rowdy with my boys. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Down, down. Oh, we're just we're gonna get sued. I, said that. <laughs> I don't know. You guys ready to jump into some good pop, bad pop? Yeah. Let's do it. Jesus Christ, let's do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Good pop, bad pop. Mm. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Well, because we're going to talk about Butt Boy this week, but we can't talk about Butt Boy this week. Got a follow-up email and uh because of the coronavirus we are now embargoed uh till i think what is it april 10th or some shit neil yeah yeah so i know people were waiting with <laughs> waiting with bated sure the suspense is killing people. waiting with bated breath for us to talk about butt boy <laughs> i was one more delay jeez i was really looking forward to talking about it cuz yeah well, you can't say anything. No reactions. We can't even get. I don't even think we can give a reaction. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to get yeah. in trouble yeah. from the studio that brought us Butt Boy. <laughs> <laughs> they could pull the episode. You know, they could. I could get a. Uh, what is it? One of those fucking cease and desist letters. You're from, not, yeah, you're you're not going to be invited to the premiere. Oh fuck. Well, I don't think anybody's going to the premiere, it, with or with or without coronavirus. Um, let's see here. I've been watching Dave on Hulu. I Neil, nice. you, you watched that first episode. You, have you gotten any farther into the series? Uh, I watched the second episode. I've I've knocked out the first four, and I've actually got you know a few minutes into episode five. Are you watching this, Tristan? Oh yeah, I watched the first um, three or four. I haven't seen this week, but whatever that is. Okay, uh, I yeah, think you're, it's like you're, three or four. You're right there with me then, because yeah. the the, mm-hmm. the latest episode's episode five. I'm loving the show. I think it's fucking the hilarious. Show is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a Tupperware for me. Um, just to echo what Joe and Neil were talking about last week. I think it's like a Atlanta kind of crossed with curb a little bit. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's about a Jewish rapper trying to earn respect and make it in the industry. And it helps that the guy's a pretty good rapper and, you know, he's a likable guy as well. Um, he cast a lot of his friends and you can kind of see that because, you know, the chemistry between the cast is, is, is off the charts. Yeah. I, I like think the guy bit. that. Pl- the guy that plays, uh, I think Gator is his hype man. Gator. Yes, I yeah. love Gator. <laughs> Gator slays me. Yeah. Fucking yeah, like a lot of loud, uh, loud moments. The woman who plays his girlfriend in the show was in his uh, video, the pillow talking video. Because mm. the girl. I've never yeah. seen any of his YouTube stuff, so. 
Yeah. Is, is it worth it's, checking it's out? It's fucking hilarious. Is it true? Is the whole thing with his penis true? I don't know. Is, like, when he started as a rapper, like, I first heard of him about maybe, like, five, six years ago as a rapper, and he always just talked about having a small dick. I, I don't know if that's just a gimmick or what, but... Well, the whole, like, operation thing, that man. he had when he was a kid. There's a whole episode, a sex yeah, episode. Yeah, double hole and all that. Yeah, he's got two <laughs> holes, and when he... Well, hold on. He's got two holes. He's talking about how he's got two holes in his penis, and when he, he that's why he always sits down when he goes pee, because when he stands up to go pee at a urinal, he has to plug one of the holes, and and he's also talking about how basically like the chicken skin from your fucking scrotum, they had to use that and pull that all the way up his <laughs> shaft, and so like his whole dick shaft is chicken skin scrotum dick skin <laughs> and I'm like is all this true or is this bullshit because that episode was like pretty fucking deep that fucking third no episode one, yeah no one really responds to it with shock like his doctor and his girlfriend so I think it's just kind of in his head huh that's what I'm getting from it oh no man but yeah it's a, it's a tough word for me I love the show yeah. You guys don't want to talk about chicken skin scrotum dick shaft anymore? <laughs> That's wild. Why, why did you have to have all that done in the first place? Just some kind of defect? Yeah, it was like a birth defect. No, they were like, okay. <laughs> he was on a reality show back then. They were like, let's, let's see what we can do with this kid's dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Great name for a reality show. And they had three judges look at it and they... Somebody won a prize, ten thousand dollars at the end of the season. I don't know. The guy who picked extra hole and uh <laughs> fucking yeah. foreskin on your I'm telling shaft. Stephanie, we thought we had seen it all and then you put <laughs> an extra hole in the peen and it just put you over the edge. You are this week's champion. <laughs> Penis war is coming to Fox. <laughs> Watch this show. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's like it. A, a reveal at the end of each episode. Everyone has to show what they've been working on and how they plugged up the hole. <laughs> Are you you're back on the penis thing? <laughs> 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 I thought he was talking about Dave at first too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good show. Obviously. It's a yeah, it's a great fucking show. Watch Dave, everybody. It's on Hulu. Fantastic fucking show. Watch the movie this week. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I watched it on Corked on Netflix. I'm actually going to be talking about this on uh, Seen It Cast. I record with those guys tomorrow, so I'll have a kind of like a full spoiler review with those guys. They they do that. But this dropped on Netflix on the 27th. Did you guys get a chance to see Uncorked? No. I did not see Uncorked. I watched the trailer and the barbecue looked delicious. Yes. Oh, God. I'm telling you guys, this is, it's about Elijah. Elijah must balance his dream of becoming a master sommelier with his father's expectations that he carry on the family's Memphis barbecue joint. Uh, it's written and directed by Prentice Penny. Uh, she was a producer on, uh, one of my favorite comedies, Happy Endings. And it stars, uh, Mamadou Athi, Courtney B. Vance, Nisi Nash, Matt McGorry, Sasha Compeer, 
Uh, it's just an incredible cast here of people. You've got Elijah in Memphis. He works at a wine business and at his family's local barbecue restaurant where his father, Louis, and mother, Sylvia, also work. Louis expects Elijah to take over the business someday, but Elijah isn't interested. Um, Elijah goes on a date. Meets this girl, Tanya. He goes on a date. He, how he starts to date this girl, she actually comes into the wine store and she's looking for the perfect wine that she's going to have that night. And he starts to, it was really cool. He starts to compare wines to like different hip hop artists. Like, you know, oh, this is the Jay Z of wine or this is like, uh, if you want a wine to get a, you know, to, it's really good, but then it can also get a little crazy. This is the Kanye of wines. And I was just like, this is, is a very inventive way to kind of like get across like, um, you know, these different wines and like, uh, and how they are and how they'll complement your meal or, or your party or whatever. Um, but he's, he actually goes out on a date with her and, um, she kind of like encourages him to go for his dream of being a sommelier and getting into this master sommelier program. And so he passes the entrance exam and, uh, he goes to the program and it's, it's kind of a struggle between him and his father. His father, his father basically put his dreams on hold and took over the barbecue business from his father and kind of expected his son to do the same thing. Um, but Elijah just doesn't, that's just not his thing. And so it's a struggle between those two. There's some other family dynamics that take place in this. Uh, his mother is very encouraging, loves her son, but her mother is also, um, she's battled cancer in the past. Um, you meet people that he's been with in the sommelier program. Some of them are pretty interesting. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. And I think Courtney B. Vance, uh, playing the father is an absolute, he's, uh, he's amazing in this movie. Very funny. He has some very laugh out loud moments. He's like in a, he's in a bar and he's asking for, he's asking for whiskey neat and he's in, in the, the bartender's way and he's like, and, um, yeah, if you want to give me a little bit extra, that'd be great because of the whole slavery thing and all. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa, man. And then there's, and then he, uh, there's one point where his father's actually uh, with him and they're, they're testing out wines and, uh, like, these are, these are like high end wines. And then all of a sudden, Elijah picks up one. He goes, is this Boone's farm? <laughs> his, dad, his dad got his dad goes you got something against strawberry hill i just was rolling because like that was like the cheap wine that me and my friends used to drink back in the day so i i loved uncorked i thought it was absolutely fantastic um it's you know it's it's like you can't really say oh it's another one of those movies where a black guy who's trying to become a sommelier it's like it's i've never seen any i've never seen anything <laughs> oh, that again. oh that again that old story like i've never seen anything like yeah. this i just thought it was an incredible yeah incredible film and like just to see how and to listen to him talk to people about these wines where they come from to see him taste it and just know that there's hints of this hints of that uh it'll complement this poultry this fish whatever and just like his passion for it there was a point in this where i was just like Man, it's almost like a cool superhuman superpower. Like these master sommeliers have like this amazing palate and just this amazing 
knowledge of these wines and it was it's really interesting there's not i've I've never seen anything like this i'm maybe an episode of fraser where he wanted to become a sommelier but that's about it so i would highly recommend uncorked and it's on netflix and i give it a tupperware i thought it was fantastic that's awesome and the soundtrack is amazing it's amazing and when he goes to paris there's some like french rap it's pretty out there and wild i liked it yeah from what i saw it looked beautiful as far as the cinematography and the, the way it was shot yeah yeah there's there's points in it when they're out and they're drinking wine and laughing and having fun and it looked like it was like a capital one commercial you know what i mean <laughs> where, where everybody's out having a good time and swiping their capital one card but <laughs> but dude i i really dug this fucking movie i think it's uh man movies like this are what's gonna you know keep us kind of like sane during like you know this lockdown for people that you know for, especially for me i dude i was this week i've really missed going to the theater i was thinking today oh like, man yeah like and when you watch tv shows and movies and people are in theaters and restaurants you're yes. just thinking like oh the good old days yeah, yeah. six feet apart damn it <laughs> You know, I like, I was, I was, I was like, oh man, the fucking, the walking dead, they can't film the final episode. Oh, I read that. That's wild. So they're going to have to like air it at a later date. It's going to be like a special or something like at a later date that they're just going to drop it. So it's going to go through the 15th episode, but the final episode, they're going to have to wait on it. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot of shows that aren't even going to finish up. Uh, Supernatural in its 15th season and final season, they're going to get a final episode. But like, I mean, think of the fans. Riverdale got interrupted as well. Yeah, dude, there's a bunch of shows that like had maybe four to six episodes left to film. The CW shows being some of them, I believe, and Mm -hmm. they just can't do it. So there's not for some of these shows, there just won't be a proper season finale. It'll just end with. What ha- you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's even weirder than the writer's strike because at least for that they they still had a designated beginning, middle of an end of what they were going to do. You know, right. this is yeah. just like they just pull the ripcord and that's where your season ends. Yeah, this is this is unprecedented. This is wild. I still see, yeah. I, I've I've been reading though that like some movies are still like in pre production. There. There's some like uh, Doctor Strange Two is still going ahead with pre-production, but uh, like movies like The Matrix Four and um, The Batman are completely on hold yeah. right now. Yeah, but you yeah. know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking like post-production though is a great time right now. I mean, because your fucking CGI better be top notch. Yeah. <laughs> all, you, all you gotta do is just sit there for months perfecting that shit. Yeah. Think about this. Mulan was set to fucking launch Friday of this week. And Disney basically spent its mar- marketing budget on Mulan. They spent their oh, mark, yeah. they spent their marketing budget on Mulan. And so now oh, they're going to have to spend even like that movie's going to have to make a huge profit in order to like their marketing budget is going to be way over. It's going to be more than a lot of movies in the past. And it's already Disney who's put a lot into Mulan. So I, mm. I it, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Oh man. 
Yeah, it's hard saying when it'll go back to, you know, movies coming out again or there's going to be a big drought where we're just not well, going to get trailers if it goes on much longer because everything's it, just going to be halted. Day one when they open up theaters again, it's not like going to be people pouring in droves to go back to the theaters either. I mean, there's this scare. People are still going to be like, well, you know, public places, there's still going to be some holdouts that are not ready to quite go back to the theater yet. So it's even though you launch your movie, I can see a lot of soft launches even after this thing gets kind of cleared up. I, I still think there's going to be kind of like this stigma where people are scared to go back to the theaters. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And we've seen so many things move to digital so much quicker now. If this goes on another two, three months, it'll be interesting to see what other changes happen to things just getting pushed out at home. I I think they're letting it fly for now, but I think there's there's – there are people in Hollywood and, and in, in, you know, in place of like in, in cinema that are not going to just let everything just go digital, just drop digital. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And if they do, I mean, they're not going to be in awards contention and all that other stuff. So we'll see. I watched a movie. It looked funny. It's rated R comedy and it's called Banana Split. Did either of you get a chance to watch this? I did. You did, Neil? I did not. I, I watched. Oh, it. Tristan, you watched it. Um, yeah, I did. It's uh, about April. April uh, has spent the last two years of high school in re- in a relationship with Nick, from the first frantic makeout session to final tear stained breakup in the aimless summer between graduation and college. The newly single April mends her heartbreak by striking up an unexpected friendship with an unlikely candidate, Nick's new girlfriend, Clara. Uh, so it stars, uh, Dylan Sprouse from Riverdale. He plays Jughead. Stars Hannah Marks, uh, and, uh, Liana Liberato. And Jacob Batalon, who plays Ned in the Sony Spider-Man films, is also in this movie. Um, it's a comedy rated R. And, uh, it, the trailer looked hilarious. Um, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on this movie. There's parts of this movie that I absolutely thought were hysterical. Like, um, what did you, I'll get your thoughts, Tristan. What did you think about this? Okay. I'm kind of like you. Um, was it me or was the first half better than the second half? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there were, I think I love the, like her family dynamic that her, her younger sister was sister. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was uh, she was hilarious. I, I love the the writing for um, uh, a lot of the family, like the the, the dinner table dynamics and all right. that. That was hilarious. Yeah, um, her little sister is obsessed with her uh, boyfriend, and she tells her little sister, "Eat a dick," and she'll go. She says, "I'll eat Nick's dick." <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eleven or twelve year old girl, and she's there. She's like yelling f bombs and telling her sister to eat a dick, and it's the like. No one's eating anyone's dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I don't know. There are parts that just had me rolling in this movie. And then there's other parts where it just felt like it's just like, it is kind of like an amateur indie film. Um, but overall, I'll give it a taste it overall. I thought it was a, an interesting kind of story where you've got this couple. They were together for two years. They had like this romance and, and it kind of she was she's going to go to uh, Boston College and go away and leave him and they break up and he starts seeing a new girl and her and this new girl meet at a party 
and then become the best of friends. And they're hiding their friendship from Nick, the, the boyfriend. And of course, like everything's going to come out into the open later. So I thought it was a really cool, fresh, fun idea. Um, I, it, it, the movie's better than it should be, to be quite honest with you. I'll give it a taste of it, but, um, I think it's definitely worth watching. I don't know if it's worth renting, but it's definitely worth watching when it drops on like Amazon or Netflix or something. I would give it a shot yeah. because that, the younger, that fucking younger sister and the mom, when the mom starts talking about sex and stuff, it was hilarious. It was like, oh, yeah. you have like, you remember like Eugene Levy talking about sex in American Pie. It's just that awkward. You know what I mean? It's like that awkward. <laughs> and then the younger daughter just has like this really funny, comedic delivery. Um, so I'll give it a taste it overall, man. I don't think it's like anything you got to rush out to watch, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a high tasted. It was nice. a pleasant surprise for me. I didn't, I didn't expect much. And, you know, about 15 minutes in, I was like, okay, this is actually watchable. You know, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, seeing Ned from Spider-Man, that was a pleasant surprise. You know, he was very limited, but effective. Yeah. And, uh, I just thought it just had a lot of good one line, a lot of good one liners in there, you know, just good writing. Yeah. And, um, I think Booksmart did it better. Yes. You know, as yes. far as these type of movies are concerned. But, um, I read a fun fact. This movie was shot like a couple of years ago, but it was delayed for a year simply because the main character wore a Bart Simpson t shirt and they had to Photoshop it out. So it delayed it for yeah. like a, it delayed the, the release for like a year. If it's not coronavirus, it's fucking Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah. That prankster. Hey, <laughs> Caramba. Yes, don't have a cow. Yeah. I was don't just going to say the tagline for this movie was like, don't have a cow, man. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then they get in trouble for that. Um yeah, I'll give it a taste it high taste. It. That's awesome. Yeah, this movie's better than it than it deserves to be. It, it really is funny. I would I would Yeah, there was a there's, there's a scene where the little sister's talking about how she's going to date her uh her boyfriend and they're going to have kids and name them after celebrities. And yes. She says, "Oh yeah, our kids are going to be named after celebrities like there's going to be Will I Am and <laughs> and John Lennon." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I watched Daniel Isn't Real. This is a new movie that I think it came out last year. I think it like probably screened at some film festival like South by Southwest or something and Shutter picked it up and they dropped it. Did Neil, Tristan, did you get a chance to watch one of this Daniel Isn't Real? Yes. Yes, I did. Not me. Okay. Yeah. Neil, so you watched it. Um, a troubled college freshman, Luke, suffers a violent family trauma. He then resurrects his charismatic childhood imaginary friend, Daniel, to help him cope, not realizing how Daniel, how dangerous Daniel is. Uh, Daniel isn't real. It's a psychological horror th uh, film. It's directed by Adam Egypt Mortimer. He directed, uh, I've never seen his movies, but he directed a movie called Arch Enemy with Joe Manganello. And he's directed some other things. Uh, it comes from a screenplay from uh, Mortimer and Brian DeLue. And it's based on the novel In This Way I Was Saved by DeLue. And it stars uh, stars Miles Robbins. He's the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Strandon. 
and he's the brother of Jack Henry Robbins, who directed that movie VHS that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, it also stars Patrick Schwarzenegger, and he's the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. Uh, it also stars Sasha Lane, Mary Stuart Masterson, Hannah Marks, uh, Chadwudi Iwiji, and Peter McRobbie, or McRobie in some circles. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, Elijah Wood is a producer on this movie. And so basically in this movie, it's kind of like a very dark drop dead Fred. Right? I don't know. It, yeah, it's That's awesome. It's, it's a child, uh, he's shy and troubled. Luke witnesses the aftermath of a mass shooting at a neighborhood coffee shop. He meets another boy among the, among the onlookers at the scene. Cool and confident Daniel, who invites him to play and quickly becomes his friend. Although adults, such as Luke's mother, Claire, cannot see Daniel, he appears physically real to Luke. The boys become close playmates, and their connection helps Luke cope with his parents' divorce. Their friendship comes to an abrupt end when Daniel convinces Luke that blending an entire bottle of Claire's psychiatric medication into a smoothie will give her superpowers. Instead, it results in a near-fatal poisoning. Claire convinces Luke to send Daniel away by symbolically locking him in her mother's old dollhouse. And... This dropped on Shutter. Maybe I think it dropped on Shutter yesterday. I'm just gonna come out and say that this movie had it. It was like Drop Dead Fred meets American Psycho because Patrick Schwarzenegger was like Christian Bale in American Psycho. I Neil, I want you to talk about this. I want to know your thoughts. I don't know if you liked it or hated it. I fucking loved this movie. I thought it was fucking fantastic. I thought the visual effects are amazing. I thought the story was gripping. I give it a Tupperware. I fucking loved it. Yeah, uh, I didn't love it. <laughs> really? I, I did. Yeah, I did think that the directing and the cinematography and the special effects were all really good and effective. I hated the main character. I just... I didn't think he pulled it off, and I just was really kind of bored by the whole thing. Although, every time Patrick Schwarzenegger was on screen, because I knew who he was, I kept envisioning Arnold Schwarzenegger delivering those lines, and that made it really funny to me. <laughs> like, with that thick Austrian accent delivering some of those lines, it, it just made me laugh constantly. Let him be his own man, Neil. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. Like I just kept picturing Arnold saying some of that stuff and doing some of those things, and it was wild. Um, but yeah, I, I gave it. A, I, I, for me personally, I would give it a low taste. It just because I didn't think the main character, the, the actor Tim Robinson, I, I just didn't think he pulled it off. Hmm. And since the whole thing is based around his character, that's a pretty glaring weak link, in my opinion. I thought that, I mean, I, I, I think the movie did a great job, kind of, in my opinion, uh, and I thought he did a really good job playing this character who is like, you know, not confident, and then Daniel comes along and kind of guides him through his adulthood a little bit, and he starts to act a little differently, and then when like the complete transformation 
took over. I felt like he was acting um, very much the same way that Patrick Schwarzenegger was acting as Daniel. I thought it was pretty convincing. I, I, I love this story as well. I just thought it was visually cool, and I just thought it was a pretty pretty cool story about this imaginary friend who um, I don't want to spoil too much because like, it's on Shutter and you can watch it, but um, uh, but uh, I just thought it was an interesting take on a on a on a an imaginary friend, and I thought it was also interesting that like his he had like before Daniel came into the picture, his best friend was that stuffed tiger puppet that he had on his hand, and I was thinking of Mister Rogers with his tiger mm. puppet Daniel, and how like his imaginary friend became Daniel, and I was like, is this mm-hmm. a fucked up metaphor for mr rogers what's going on here (laughs) but i really i don't know man i really like this one i thought it was great oh that's awesome i'm glad you did because i mean i didn't but (laughs) hey you know to each their own right yeah i i the i i also i'm kind of getting into like a lot of these movies that have like very stylistic as far as like choices is like this that they use these different color palettes during certain scenes Mm -hmm. and like this did it kind of like Mandy and kind of like color out of space, both Nicolas Cage movies, but it had some of like the same kind of like, you know, color palettes that that we've seen in those movies. And then also it went to like that synthy music and things like that. I, I, uh, I, I, I highly recommend this one. I think people should give it a chance. It's, uh, it's yeah, called, uh, visually in, in autumn and like, and with the music, it's great. I mean, that, those elements I really, really liked. It was just, it was just the main guy. I just did not like him. Wow, man, you had your mind made up about fucking Miles Robbins from the get. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not handing him an Oscar, but I thought, I thought it was serviceable. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy the movie. Um, good. Listen to you. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like how we're dancing around it. It's like, it's like, I'm not, I'm like, well, you know, I, I respect uh, your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, fuck you, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about one more. We'll take a quick break here. I watched uh, an animated film today. I bought it a couple weeks ago. I've been wanting to see this one for a while. It was in theaters here in America for a few weeks. I just never got a chance to see it in uh, in the theater. It's called uh, Niza. And, um, that's spelled N-E-Z-H-A. And, um, it's, uh, about a chaos pill, uh, excuse me, a chaos pearl birth from primordial essences begins siphoning energies gluttonously. Uh, Tienzin dispatches his disciples, Taiyi and Shen, to subdue the sentient pearl. Due to its ability to absorb energy, Taiyi and Shen are unable to gain the upper hand. Eventually, uh, Yanshi separates the pearl into two opposite components, the spirit pearl and the demon orb. Um, Tianzin places a heavenly curse upon the demon orb. In three years' time, it will be destroyed by a powerful lightning strike. Uh, Tianzin then instructs Taiyi to take the spirit pearl to be reincarnated as the third son of Li Jing to be named Niza. And uh, so basically... There, this pearl, it's divided into two parts, the demon side and then the spirit side. And basically two boys are born. 
One's born from a woman, and it was supposed to be the spirit side that was born from this woman. And something happened, and the demon side was instead born from this woman. And then um, the spirit side was born of a dragon egg. And um, I'm saying all this, and you've got this idea of, like, what this is. It's like this, you know, it's like this Chinese fantasy. And yeah, it's not, it is that very much, but I want you to think of this movie as basically, it feels like China's first kind of like real go at like doing their own Pixar film. It looks like a Pixar or a DreamWorks animated movie. It's this Chinese 3D computer animation and it's got comedy like you would get in a Pixar film. It's nothing of like, I say all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out like demon pearls, demon orbs and spirit pearls and all this stuff. And it's like, that's in there. But like, this is more Kung Fu Panda than it is what I'm, you know what I mean? Than how it sounds. Yeah. It's not as quite as heavy, like a, like a little anime movie or something. It, it all ages funny type of stuff. The, I, I fucking love this movie. I thought it was great. They did get, nice. um, they got, um, uh, I, I watched the dubbed version. Um, and this was just a huge movie in China. It was the first Chinese produced animated feature released in IMAX. And it was the debut feature of its director and animation studio and having no widely known actors in its voice cast. It's been one of the biggest commercial successes in the history of animation and that of Chinese cinema. It set numerous records for box office grosses. As of August 2019, mm. the film is the highest grossing animated film in China, the worldwide highest grossing non-U.S. animated film, and the second worldwide highest grossing non-English language film of all time. Wow. Had a gross- so this must have been released in China pre-COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. This came out, this yeah. came out in 2019. Um, with a gross of over 725 million, it is the fourth highest grossing animated film of that year and the second highest grossing film of all time in China, of all time in China. Oh, wow. This movie, I'm telling you, like, this is like a hidden gem in my opinion, as far as like, if parents like want their kids to like watch these like Pixar movies, like, and DreamWorks stuff, like, this is something that, you know, you need to have somebody tell you about it. I think like your kid would love this movie. And there's some, you know, and there's some stuff that happens in this movie that you won't see in a Pixar film, like kids peeing. <laughs> it's like this, <laughs> there's one point where like one of the kid drops his pants and just starts peeing outside. And you, you know, you're not going to see that. And I'm not saying like, oh yeah, man, fuck it. Finally, we got kids pissing in these fucking animated movies. Somebody did it. Finally, <laughs> Pixar was afraid of doing. I know, <laughs> fucking Pixar, too scared. Finally, the parks of fucking animation. <laughs> one of these studios need. One of these studios need to grab their dicks like these little kids in these animated movies and fucking just do it already. You know. Mm. So, so once they split the pearl into yeah. into the two objects, does that stop it from eating all the energy? like for the time being yeah it's like basically um he he contains it he contains this demon pearl this chaos pearl 
and then splits it, puts it into like this egg. The egg opens up and then the demons, the, the demon side and the spirit side are then reincarnated into, to two young boys and those young boys, there's kind of like a prophecy about these two boys. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into it too much because I don't want to spoil it, but there's a really cool lesson in this, um, in this movie. And just, I think the animation was spectacular and it was very much, it looked like Pixar. It's not, it's not as good as Pixar, but it's, it's fucking, it's damn close. And I tell you in the action scenes at the end, definitely almost better than anything I've ever seen at Pixar do. There's some, there's some amazing action choreography that you're not going to get in a fucking Pixar movie. There's this kid, Niza, at the end, like he fucking gets access to like this fire stick, which is, it's like a fire spear and it shoots fire. It's fucking dope, dude. I'm not doing it justice. And then he gets something called the chaos silk, which is like this piece of silk that is, it waves. It's kind of like Dr. Strange's cape where it's almost like a sentient being and it can actually form itself into almost like a stick man and fight with him and use the stick. He also gets access to what's called like, um, these fire chariots. And it's basically like these fucking fire wheels that are underneath his feet that like wheel him around on fire. It's pretty incredible to watch. It sounds ridiculous when I say it, but it's awesome to see it on screen. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. I mean, for their for the studio's first movie for that, you know, animation company's first go at it. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. I think back to Pixar's first goes at it. I mean, and even though you thought it was amazing then, it really, you know, Toy Story 1 isn't the most gorgeous movie to look back at now today. Oh, this destroys Toy Story animation. Like, this is very fucking close. And I'll tell you at the end when they show some of, like, the landscapes and some of the action scenes when they pull back on it. And it's like, you know, it's like the Armageddon scenes where all this shit is just coming to a head. It's, I think a lot of that is better than anything I've seen Pixar do. Some of it just looks gorgeous. Um, the action choreography is right up there. I just, I would say Pixar is a little bit better overall though. I mean, this company's got a little ways to go, but it was, it was a valiant fucking effort and it's a great fucking movie. It's very funny. I laughed. I left quite a few times to be quite honest with you. So I, I would recommend this one. I, I think you have to, at this point, you have to watch it like on video on demand or you have to buy the physical copy. Um, the physical copy doesn't come with a digital code, which kind of sucks, but, um, um, I think it's a fantastic movie. It's called Niza and, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It sounds fucking awesome. I'm just looking at pictures of it and yeah, it, it does very very reminiscent of like just a pixar style and the way the people look yeah 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 Yeah, the animation looks awesome i'm seeing that it made 723 million in china but just five million elsewhere so yeah i mean this is a hidden movie it's definitely a hidden movie and it's like it's it's one of those things where it had a limited u.s release and it was only playing here it was only playing at one theater around me and I just couldn't make it out to the theater to see it. So it's, yeah, I, it's kind of like, um, what was that other big movie in China last year? Um, I watched it in the theater. Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, the earth, earth thing? Yeah, The Wandering Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only seven bucks on iTunes. I'm, I'm just buying it right now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what you think. I want to know what you think of this one, man. I, I, I thought it was very fun. I thought it was very fun. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with more good pop, bad pop. 
we're back. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> God. Hey, Neil, what do you got for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, uh, I got a couple things. Um, first off, just real quick, Star Trek The Card was wrapped up this week, season one, and that show was awesome. Um, Tepor the whole season. Some episodes are better than others, um, but in general, I thought it was a really, really strong season of, of Star Trek. Mixed um, reactions. A lot of people hating it, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen that. a lot of hate too. I don't get it. I, I just don't understand it. But you know, I just don't understand. It. <laughs> Who's walking uh, on leaves? Who's the guy walking on leaves right now? I thought it was crinkling plastic. It's just me living up to the namesake. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, Shift and Tristan. I, I mean, it's yeah. It sounds like you're on a nature stroll, walking through the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> So I was finishing um, up yeah, my complete snack. radio. Oh, everybody's talking at the same time. I, I don't know what's going on right now. It's just madness. This episode is just madness. It's ridiculous. Everybody's stepping on, <laughs> stepping on each other, stepping on leaves. Well, you addressed Tristan, and I waited like three seconds for Tristan to say something, and I was like, it's completely dead. <laughs> I think Neil had the same thought there right at the same time. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I continued down my reality competition show rabbit hole that I've been on recently. And I watched a show on Netflix. It came out last summer, I believe. There's only one season so far. It's called Blown Away. It's a glass blowing competition show. Yeah. I I saw this. I actually added it to my list and I haven't gotten around to watching it. How is it? I I really liked it. It, It's a, there's a little bit of pretension in there just because it's a bunch of artists and, it's hard to not be pretentious for artists sometimes. Um, and I like, I like it because there's very little of like the reality show backstabby stuff, like sniping at each other that you can sometimes get on these, on these shows. Um, I thought that the craftsmanship was phenomenal. Um, and it's, it was really interesting watching just, how much work that shit is and, and just the creations that they come up with are, are, are absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, I'll top of the show. It was, it was a really fun watch. It's only eight episodes, I believe. And it's, yeah, it's just a, it's just a fun, um, creative competition show, which I, I've really been enjoying recently. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm out now. You said it was people being nice and not doing backstabby <laughs> shit. Fuck that. That's why I watch reality shows, man. I want, I want, give me more Omarosas. I think like everybody, they should cast everybody on these fucking shows to be fucking Tanya Harding. I want to see fucking broken Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan ankles all over these fucking shows. That's what I want. I want, I want the, I want I'm with, the, I'm with Brian. I love the reality villain. Yeah. Fuck, uh, fuck everybody being nice and helping each other out. Oh, we've got 10 seconds left and, you know, Tanya hasn't finished her fucking, you know, souffle. Let's help her do what she needs to get done. The blah blah blah. Fuck that. Let Tanya drown. She (laughs) fucked up. You're a fuck up, Tanya. You'll never make it in the culinary arts. You fucking suck. Just let let her drown. Yeah, I, I love the I love the I love the backstabbing. That's the whole reason I watch these reality shows. I don't want to see people be nice and shit. 
Yeah. So I'm out. I'm the exact opposite, man. I'm the exact opposite. Like the more of that reality show stuff there is, the less interested I get. Ah, don't care. Give me the drama. Give me the drama. Give me, (laughs) give me the drama. Give me the bullshit. Give me the backstabbing. That's what makes it fun. (laughs) I want more fucking Russell's and survivor. That's what I want. (laughs) I I love like, like Forbes and fire, um, a lot just because I'm, I'm, I've been a craftsman for many, many years. And so I just really appreciate when people are able to make something. I love, I just love that aspect of it. The building of something spectacular under immense pressure is, I I find really compelling. Oh yeah. Um, I can't build shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of stuff were they glass blowing? Just like, like items. Well, like they would have glass tigers. <laughs> there were no glass tigers, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> so each week they would have a different theme as to what they were supposed to be making. So, like one was uh, bodies in motion. So one guy did uh, lungs. So when you spun the, the whole thing, it looked like they were breathing in and out. Um, another person did uh, a foot that was stepping or off of a piece of gum that they had stepped on. So like she blew the foot and everything. So it looked like it was, you know, stepping and there was this big pink wad of gum that was coming off of it. Just stuff like that. It was really, really, really cool. I really, really appreciated it. Do they, do they, I'm I'm picturing a bunch of guys with flannels and handlebar mustaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> No, it, it wasn't that, which was really surprising. There was a whole and, bunch of women in there. And all of them uh, are from po- – they're all from the Portland. They're all from Portland. <laughs> Every single person on this show is from Portland. <laughs> I mean it definitely could go that route in season two, but it did not in season one. <laughs> I, I, I am picturing them like doing a pipe-blowing competition at some point. Um. I've but been I, in. A, I, I was in a. I was in a movie called Pipe Blowing Competition, <laughs> Part Three. Oh man, my mom. My mom cried when she saw it. So I'll just say <laughs> that the, uh, the the free Pornhub stuff. Yeah, the free Pornhub Premium that people are getting for thirty days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got one more thing. Do you want me to keep going? Or yeah, go for it. Okay. So I watched all three seasons of Broadchurch on Netflix. Uh, it's a British mystery show uh, starring David Tennant, uh, Olivia Coleman, and Jodie Whittaker. And I thought that it was absolutely fantastic. I'll, I'll tell for it right off the bat. Um, Jodie Whittaker was, in seasons one and three, put in absolutely beautiful performances. Um and there was, it's really, really twisty and turny. There's plot things that happen constantly. It's, it's keeps you on your toes quite a bit. It keeps you really engaged. Uh, it's, there's a lot of like exploration uh, of grief and how people deal with it, how family dynamics can really affect your worldview. And just since it's set in a small town, it deals a lot with just the small town bullshit you, you get into with everybody knowing each other, knowing each other so well. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge shows up in season two. 
Um, and there's a, it's a, it's a really dark subject matter. Like it deals with like child murder and rape and stuff. And it, it, it's not super graphic with that stuff, but it is in there. So if you have real strong triggers about that, maybe stay away. Um, but I thought it was just a really, really good show overall. The, the acting was excellent. Cinematography was excellent. Storytelling was great. Yeah, Tupperware for that one. Yeah, you'd have to be really fucked up to be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this show because of that fucking child shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you've sold me now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like how Neil, like, he, he gives it a warning, but for some people it's like, ah, oh, that's a selling point. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, a reason to watch this thing. <laughs> Fuck. I've, I've been putting it off for too long. And, uh, Why didn't anyone alert me that this was in it before? Why am I kind of show? <laughs> I, I watched, uh, what was it, the American version. I watched Grace Point. Hmm. Oh, I, I saw the first season of that too. I didn't realize it was one of the it's same. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And they cast David Tennant in both the. Yeah, British I was going to say, I thought Tennant was in that too. He's in it as well. Yeah. How, how was that? It's good. It's good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see here. Did you guys watch the uh, Solar Opposites trailer? This is the uh, new uh, yes. Justin yes, Roiland. Sir. Justin Roiland, the co creator of Rick and Morty. Uh, and Mike McMahon, uh, former head writer of Rick and Morty, uh, Solar Opposites centers around a team of four aliens who have escaped their exploding homeworld only to crash land into a move-in ready home in suburban America. They are evenly split on whether Earth is awful or awesome. Corvo, played by Justin Roiland, uh, Yum Ulac, played by Sean Jambroni, uh, only see the pollution, crass consumerism, and human frailty, while Terry, played by Thomas Middleditch, and Jesse, played by Mary Mack, love humans and all their TV, junk food, and fun stuff. Their mission, protect the pupa, a living supercomputer that will one day evolve into its true form consume them and terraform the earth uh it's executive produced by Royland mcmahon and josh bicell uh it's produced by 20th century fox uh and it's going to premiere on hulu may 8th of 2020 so yeah the trailer just dropped i want to know what you guys thought uh tristan what do you think about solar opposites i'm gonna top over the the trailer i'm a big fan of rick and morty so anything that's in that vein you know this sort of raunchy unbridled science fiction comedy you know i'm all game for that and so i'm looking forward to it it made me laugh out loud the whole dig old bix line (laughs) (laughs) i fucking i laughed when he's driving around and he hits an ostrich on the road like seems to be a lot of animated animal abuse in this (laughs) oh it's insane um neil what'd you think I loved it too. I, I Tupperware it as well. It, it reminded me of like Rick and Morty meets Third Rock from the Sun, and I like both those shows, so I, yeah. I'm all in. I can't yeah. wait to, to watch this. Jake, you're not the biggest Rick and Morty fan, so I'm curious what you thought about this. No, I really liked this. I, I was right there with Neil. It felt like it definitely had that Rick and Morty feel, but in my head, it was like Rick and Morty tries the Simpsons Family Guy thing, but with their own little twist on it. Yeah, I thought this was a really good trailer. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I feel like the uh, 
the pupa is that what it is, is yeah. it might be the runaway star of this thing <laughs> like that kind of felt like this the stewie or the bart simpson or the baby yoda or, you know it like i don't know this this looked really funny i thought the animation quality itself looked a little bit better than rick and morty not that there's a problem with rick and morty's animation style like a little bit of the crudeness is kind of you know the recipe of the day there but it looked like they stepped it up with just a little bit more cgi animation and movement in this cartoon and i i like seeing the animation style with a higher end quality of, of frame rate and movement i thought actually worked really well with the style of drawing yeah i loved it i thought it was fantastic i can't wait to see this fucking show i think it looks great um I'm a big fan of Justin Roiland though. Like I, I don't know if you guys ever, like I talked about it on the show, but I don't know if you guys have ever done the six episode binge of House of Cosby's, but my God, it is <laughs> fucking hilarious. So you can watch them all on YouTube and it is incredible. So yeah, I tell her where this, it's called Solar Opposites, May 8th. It's going to come out. I am look, I, what I'm really upset about is JG Quintel was supposed to come out with a new show on TBS. JG Quintel of, um, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe I can't think of the name of the show. It was with, um, Mordecai and Rigby. It was on, oh my God. I can't, it was on Cartoon Network. I can't think of it. Regular show, regular show. I was a big fan of regular oh. show and I watched every episode. I was a big fan of Pops and Mordecai and Rigby. I love that show. Skips was played by Mark Hamill. Just an incredible fucking animated show. And JG Quintel was supposed to do a new show that was going to be on TBS and they dropped a trailer for it. Like I want to say a year and a half ago. And we have not seen the light of day of this show. I do not know what happened to it. So that mm. really sucks. I hope that eventually that show will get picked up and, and come out. I can't remember the name of it, but, um, yeah. Anyway, I saw, uh, Vagrant Queen on sci-fi. Did anybody get a chance to watch Vagrant Queen on sci-fi? <laughs> no, I did not even know of it. No. All right, I'll be talking. Advertised endlessly on Twitter. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, really? It's advertised all over Twitter. It's advertised all over YouTube. And it's Vagrant Queen follows Elita from child queen to orphaned outcast as she scavenges the treacherous corners of the galaxy, always one step ahead of the Republic government out to extinguish her bloodline when her old friend Isaac shows up claiming her mother Xvelin is still alive. They head off with their new ally, Amy, to stage a May or Amy, I don't know, to stage a rescue that will take her back into the perilous heart of her former kingdom and up against the deadly foe from her childhood, Commander Lazaro. The series, it's based off a, uh, Vault comic book. Yeah, so the, uh, Vault, uh, publisher that, uh, and they're a publisher of comics. Not a huge one, not a big one, but they're called Vault. Um, this, uh, the comic was written by Magdalene Visaggio and illustrated by Jason Smith. Um, oh my God. Like this show is just, uh, what the fuck sci-fi? You cancel the expanse. You fucking cancel oh deadly class. And then you fucking give me this shit. Like, what the serious fuck? Like, if ever a show needed to be canceled on sci-fi, it's this fucking show. And it'll probably, it'll probably get a full fucking run. Like, they'll have this fucking thing on for fucking 15 seasons. Like, it's a goddamn supernatural. It, 
this is <laughs> fucking Stargate and shit. This fucking show starts off like you got this this uh, Alita, and they're making her out to be like this scavenger. It's basically like it, I know it's based on a comic book, but the way it fucking plays out, it's like it's basically ripping off Guardians of the Galaxy. She's trying to steal like oh. something at the beginning, and two aliens confront her, and then they fight. The fight choreography in this is a fucking joke it is fucking <laughs> terrible garbage seriously garbage the special effects when they're in space looks like it's from 1997 it is fucking horrible cgi i am not even exaggerating it looks like doctor who from like back in 1988 or some shit it is bad it is fucking terrible um i didn't connect with any of the characters this was just and i don't know if it gets better but this pilot and like the way they advertise it if you watch the commercials it looks fun it looks fun as shit and even like when they had like in the coming weeks at the end i was like whoa the graphics look better here like this looks like a better show i just it's tricking you this show is just tricking you it's bullshit it's like it's seriously it's like it's like your fucking dead end marriage it's like your dead marriage it's never gonna get better it's just get out now you're fucked if you don't you're just gonna fuck yeah you're with somebody you're fucking with somebody but you're lonely you're lonely get out there and fucking live get out there and find yourself all right the kids are out of the fucking house who's this person laying next to you in bed you don't even know her anymore she's a totally different person you've been taking care of the kids for so long sending them off to school worrying about where little johnny's gonna go to college and now that they're gone now that you've got the empty nest now you're there with this person that you don't even fucking know anymore that's this show. That's this, just drop <laughs> off of it. It's a dead marriage. Just drop off it. I'm done. I am done. I toss Vagrant Queen. And here's the thing. The comic book could be amazing. It could be an amazing comic book. But Jesus Christ, you cancel Deadly Class, which is also based on a comic book from Rick Remender. You cancel it after one season. And then you give me Vagrant Queen. Give me a fucking break. This is trash. It's trash. The, 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 like the, the, the fucking, the makeup that they have for the aliens is just garbage. Like there's this little dog looking one and it's, it's a little person that they've got dressed up like a little dog or some shit. And it just looks, it look, I was like, oh my God, now they're trying to, that's their, that's their version of Rocket Raccoon in this fucking thing. <laughs> This is garbage. I cannot believe what you're doing, sci-fi. You cancel the expanse. You can't, dude, you cancel fucking deadly class. You guys are out of your goddamn minds. And they cancel the magicians after five seasons. What do you think of the chances are Netflix is going to pick that up, man? So is it even fun to hate watch? You can hate watch the first episode. Yeah. (laughs) Is it, is it possible that it's, bad in some ways on purpose or is they're completely not self-aware about any of it oh god no it's it's not fun like i like it's it's not like it's it's definitely not self-aware that it's bad it's definitely not because i don't find the characters engaging or funny like if you threw in a completely different cast with more talented actors 
And like, if you had like, like, oh, if they threw in like Bruce Campbell's in this one, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, and they throw in like, uh, like who's a funny, uh, young up and coming, like Beanie Feldstein. Like if they threw her in there, like I mean, she's not going to do a sci-fi show, but I'm just throwing some names out there. Whoever they got in there is not working. They're clearly not working. This show is just not working. It's firing on no cylinders. It's your dead marriage. It's that fucking, it's that woman that's looking at you and you're like, who is this woman in my bed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's classic sci-fi original programming, it sounds like. Oh, man. They, I don't know, man. They were, like, they saved the day back when fucking Mystery Science Theater got taken off of Comedy Central. Like, they stepped up, man. They stepped up. And we got, we got more MST3K on, on, you know, and, 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 it's just, and they had Face Off on there for years, and I loved Face Off. Talk about these reality competition shows. This is like the people that would make the makeup artists and stuff like that for, you know, some of the creatures and things like that. And they had different challenges where they'd have to do like, oh, they had an avatar based one. They had like, oh, here's the, you know, the universal horror, you know, like the universal monsters. It, you know, that, that stuff was fun. But man, they also had some other shows like The Expanse and Deadly Class and, and Happy. And, uh, uh, you know, the magicians, the, the magicians that 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 are fan favorites that have a have a cult following, in my opinion, and, and they cancel them because. And what's crazy about that is because like the shows are too expensive. Then why did you fucking make them to begin with? It's all be, yeah. it, it all comes down to advertisers. It's it it's it's. <laughs> You know they can make quality TV. I mean, you're exactly like Battles, the Battlestar Galactica reboot yeah. is still one of my ten yeah. favorite shows of oh, all time. Addictive. You can't stop watching it. Yeah. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know sci-fi. I don't know what you're doing. And then you give me Vagrant Queen. Jeez. <laughs> I was I was calling it different names. I started calling it Vegan Queen. <laughs> I was just I was, vegan queen. She does not stop telling you about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called it. Then I called it vagina queen, and she wouldn't stop talking about it either. So <laughs> uh, let's talk Tiger King, guys. We've put it off for too long. Let's talk Tiger King. Okay. Tiger King. The full Tiger title. King. Full title. Tiger King: Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. This one dropped on Netflix last week. A rivalry between. Between Big Cat Eccentrics takes a dark turn when Joe Exotic, a controversial animal park boss, is caught up in a murder for hire plot. Uh, Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. It's a true crime documentary series about the life of Joseph Maldonado Passage, also known as Joe Exotic. And I got it. This is everybody. My parents are te- blowing my fucking phone up all day about Tiger King. I actually, I told a guy at work about Tiger King, um, in the morning before we went out to work. And I was like, Hey, you've been, cause we talk, you know, we talk pop culture. And I was like, Have you seen, uh, we were talking about, yeah, we we're talking about Ozark season three coming up, which I haven't started. But I was like, have you seen Tiger King? And he's like, no. I'm getting, dude, fucking yesterday, today, I'm just getting, oh, t- Tiger King. It's nuts. It's nuts. These people are crazy. <laughs> These people are crazy. Everybody's talking about Tiger King, man. It's all Tiger King. Neil, talk to me about Tiger King. Yeah, man. This is like this really blew up over like the last week. Um, I know within the leftover army, it's been almost nonstop talking about Tiger King with the memes and 
casting and and all those other shit. Um, it, it's been it's been a really fun wild ride. I, I I actually really really loved the documentary. I thought it was super well done. Um, it was really laid out really well because you never knew when something crazy was going to happen, but you knew it was going to happen because it just kept happening. <laughs> Every single episode, there was some weird thing that these people would do that just blew you away. Um, I, I was really um, heartbroken. It was either at the end of the first episode or the beginning of the second when they uh, went to Zanesville, Ohio, um, when, the, when all the tigers were released and they had to shoot a bunch of them. Mm. And they showed the shot, the, the images of, of all these dead big cats that just fucking broke me a bit. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely Tupperware the, the show. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, when I have the tiger is playing, well, that guy James Garrison is on the jet ski. I was cracking up so fucking hard watching that Chucky doll jet ski around. Oh my God. But yeah. It's it, like this show is just one thing after another. And it, it's, it's wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jake, have you started tiger King? No, I'm a loser. I have not had a chance to even get on the Tiger King train yet. I feel like I kind of have an, an idea of what to expect just from the barrage of memes. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it looks fucking crazy. Tristan, what did you think about Tiger King? Uh, you know what? Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like a train wreck. You know, you can't look away. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like Neil was saying, it's it's amazing the situation's that these people were getting themselves into, like, how the hell could you allow this to happen? And, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, I don't feel any remorse for, for Joe, because I mean, he was just making bad decision after bad decision, you know, and it's just a product of, of just being fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was enjoyable. You know, I have to say that, you know, each little mini novella saga that they had each episode was pretty engaging. I'm going to give it a, a very high tasted, not a Tupperware, just because I thought it was drawn out a little too long. I think this is this story could have been told in maybe three to four episodes instead of seven. But otherwise, I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, the the music videos were hilarious. You know, the <laughs> you know, um, Joe's uh, sink. Yeah, the lip singing. I, I was thinking, like, this guy's a pretty good voice. And then I realized he's not actually singing. I think he's he was just kind of laying vocals over real singers. But, but yeah, I mean, his uh, his videos were hilarious. I watched a couple of them on YouTube. And, yeah, I had no, I had no idea that owning big cats was such a thing. You know, I didn't think that that industry was so rampant in the U.S. But, you know, apparently yeah. more big cats are owned domestically than even in the wild which is crazy to it's, think it's huge like before this even came out like i uh years ago and i just i started it up again but i was donating to uh the, the world wildlife foundation um for you know rescuing big cats and stuff like that from like getting poached and all this stuff and i would donate just like a little bit of money every month and i actually started that up again uh, after watching this documentary, but I had done research. Like there's nice. so many people that own these big cats and it's, 
and it's it's they I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. They will take it's it's kind of like a it's it's an exotic wild cat. It's called a serval, and they actually had a serval in this documentary. They they've taken servals. These people are taking servals and breeding them with house cats. And then those oh, and and Whoa. yes, their offspring are what's called savannas. Yeah. And then they'll take a savanna and breed it with another house cat and and then that's called something else. But like there are people that own servals and savannas and like I've seen I've seen videos. You can probably get on YouTube right now and watch videos of savannas. I've seen these things hop fences, and these big cats are just running through people's neighborhoods. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's I. Yeah, they said five. There's five to ten thousand or something like that of these big cats in the United States, and there's only four thousand tigers left out in the wild. That's, that's crazy. That's insane. What, insane. In my opinion, Tristan, like you're saying, like this could be cut shorter. Like I wanted more. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted more. <laughs> Me and too. it's and, and and part of it is because these people are just cartoon characters. They're fucking cartoon characters. Joe Exotic, like we're talking about like this guy, like all about himself. Like I have ne- like when I start watching this and you see him with the mullet, you see him with the earrings, you see him shooting guns. And then he tells everybody that he's gay. And he, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen a human being like this in my life. That is just this like he, there's just so many different layers to this guy. And then a, when you find out that on the flip side, he's like a narcissist as well and does these music videos and is all about himself <laughs> to the point where he runs for president. And then, <laughs> oh then, then when that doesn't work out, he runs for governor and it's just what a bizarre. And like, uh, then you meet that guy, Joe, that swindles him and it's just, it's, and that, and he, and he looks like he's like, it looks like the affliction clothing line just came to life and made a person <laughs> and, and, and then his, and then his fucking methed out boyfriend, that bald guy with all the tattoos. I was just like, and these guys are just with him for the meth. They're, they're, they're basically coming. I can't, I'm spoiling it. It's just so, I was, <laughs> I was amazed at how much shit was just recorded and caught on film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then, and then Carol Baskin, she, she's a piece of shit. Fuck her. <laughs> You're basically, it's, it's like she's doing the exact same thing that he's doing. But she's basically just spraying perfume on a turd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess her thing was that, you know, she had an issue with him because he was breeding in captivity, but she would keep tigers in cages, even smaller cages than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. Yeah. All these people are shit and they're exploiting. Yeah. And at the oh. heart of this documentary, I felt like the one thing that was kind of lost here was like the, the animals well-being and their welfare and like yeah like there should have been some kind of like if you want to help big cats you know 
at the end of this thing, then go to this website or something. And there was nothing. It was just like, here's all these fucking yeah. crazy people. And that fuck, who's that fucking guy? Uh, that Doc Antle. Doc Antle, who fucking like started a cult <laughs> and has like <laughs> three crazy. or he has like three or four wives. Like he's driving around on a golf cart, a dune buggy or something, and he's talking about how like one of his girlfriends lives in that house on the property. His other girlfriend lives on that house on the property. His other girlfriend lives on that house on the property, and blah blah blah. Like it's a oh. fucking cult, and it's all because these women want to get their pictures taken with tigers, and like they get caught up in this fucking. These, this big cat life, it's so <laughs> fucking weird. It's so weird. Yeah. It's this weird subculture of people that I'm so glad I've never met. And so many people, <laughs> like, it's, you'll meet a new person in this documentary and it's like, okay, that fucker's got no arm or what happened to those, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that guy's legs? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they're eating like the discarded meat from Walmart. That's yes, how set, that's how he paid his employees Ugh. by giving them like the discarded meat that Walmart didn't want. Well, and he was giving the cats processed meat from Walmart. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. like a lot of the meat. Like, I saw hot dogs there. Like, you're fucking feeding these animals fucking all this sodium infused. It's got all these nitrates in it and shit. All this stuff. In these, in this, in these foods that keep it that so you can keep it on the shelf longer. Like that's not for, uh, that's that's not for animal consumption. That's not good for animals. Not at all. <sighs> I just it breaks yeah. my heart. It a, breaks my heart. In a way, I'm glad that they really didn't focus on the animals that much and spent more time on the people because I would have had a harder time watching it. Yeah. Out of really delved into just how awful these animals were treated, but I do agree that they should have put something up like to help out. But at so, the end of every yes, episode, because these the top of every episode, these documentaries can make a huge, do- don't get me wrong here. People, I'm not getting on some fucking pita soapbox right now. So don't even fucking think that, <laughs> but I do fucking have a heart and I do fucking love animals. And I will say that documentaries can make a huge difference when it comes to the treatment of animals, there was a documentary about sea life that came out years ago, and I believe it was on Netflix. And it's it's actually responsible for some of the changes that they made in the yeah, sequel Blackfish? to uh, yeah, I, yes, it, it influenced uh, the Finding Nemo sequel, and it also, I believe, was kind of like the nail in the coffin for SeaWorld. So yeah. Hmm. Which, I mean, you know, you, you haven't heard anything until you've heard, you know, a young whale or a young dolphin being taken away from its mother and you can audibly hear them cry. And I mean, there are, there are relationships in nature. I mean, um, with, with animals like, you know, uh, is it penguin? Don't penguins just have like one? life mate like their entire time mm-hmm. and yeah and I, I think so yeah same thing with yeah, like yeah. doves like doves ha- they have a special connection like prince's whole song like when doves cry like doves cry. yeah like if 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 two doves that are together like if one of them dies like they, there's a particular sound that they make and it's and and it because i believe that like 
I believe that animals do have love and, and tenderness and, and care for each other. Not all of them. Grizzly bears will fucking eat their young. I mean, grizzly <laughs> bears are, but you know, nature's a fucking weird place, man. Fucking praying mantises, the female eats the, the fucking cuts the head off, decapitates the male, you know, and, and kills them. So. After making love, yeah. After making love. Jesus Christ. Watch Vagrant Queen. <laughs> look, look what humans do to each other. It's back, back to that relationship. She bit your fucking head off. You're in a dead marriage. Um, but I, t- God damn it. I, t- I'm Tupperware the fuck out of this documentary. I, I thought it was entertaining as fuck. I'm, I'm really getting a kick out of all the, uh, you know, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, we'll, oh, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later in news. The whole, the, there's going to be a series, I guess, uh, that was, that's, that's been in the works. Um, but we'll talk about that in news. But man, I think the people in this are probably like the, just the most compelling. And Neil, you are right. Like if they focused on the big cats and, and, and all that stuff, it, it, it would have, it would have broke my heart to see a lot of that stuff. But on the flip side, you know, I think they should have had maybe a message or something at the end for everybody. You don't need to show us the graphic yeah. stuff, but maybe just give us some facts about like what people can do maybe to help because it's a huge problem, man. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. it's, um, there's going to be one day like where you're, you, there might not be any of these animals left in the wild. Yeah. For me personally, I, I mean, it's just so hard for me to, to continuously watch someone just be so horrible to animals. This Joe guy was just a piece of shit. Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I even read afterwards after watching the series that, you know, he would get horses and kill them and then feed them to the tigers. Mm. It's fucking insane. Mm. Reading up about reading up about it afterwards has been really interesting as well. There, because there was that podcast series that came out a couple years ago, I think it was, and that guy's on Twitter and has kind of been doing like an almost an AMA where he's letting people ask him stuff about the series and what whether it matched up with his experience doing the, the podcast research. And so there's a lot of really interesting stuff in that. Um, which I've been, it it sheds some more light on on these people and even just the, the documentarians themselves and how they have a little bit of a skewed perspective and, you know, as all documentarians do, um, and they're just presenting it from their point of view. Hmm. The guy that would fucking take lion cubs and tiger cubs and put them in travel, uh, carry on bags oh. and then wheel them mm-hmm. through the Las Vegas hotels and take them up to these suites that guy sucks and just have women to get their t- pictures taken with cubs and and all this oh my god it's it makes me it, <laughs> it makes me fucking physically ill to think about that it makes me sick to my stomach that like how can you it just how can you just exploit animals like that how can you just like and and like even even Joe like he, there's like this moment in the documentary when he when he has his chimpanzees taken away from him and they're finally put in the same cage together and they hug each other they fucking after 10 years of not being able to touch each other in separate cages and just seeing each other these chimpanzees hug each other and it's like yeah. you're just realizing this you're just now realizing what a piece of shit you are, but it don't matter. Like it don't, it's all, he, he's just a, 
he's just all out for himself. All these people yeah. are out. They should, the government, somebody should do something about all this. All these animals need to be taken away from them. They all need to be put on, on, on wildlife preserve, uh, reserves or something. They all need to be mm-hmm. somewhere where people can take, people should not just be able to own these fucking big cats. There needs to be more legislation and laws against this stuff. It makes me sick to my fucking stomach to think about yeah. this. I that, think you're going to see it though. I mean, this, this show is wildly popular and, you know, I know that PETA and all the other organizations are going to be riled up. So I think you're going to see some action. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Carol's, uh, husband? Oh, fuck him. That was just like such a tool. Fuck him. What a puss. When he, especially when he starts, when he starts singing to her. I was like, dude, you fucking, you dickless piece of shit. I, I think he was just, I think he was just like scared shitless of her. Oh, I do. He does not want to be fed to a cat. You know what I mean? Not at all. <laughs> he was like that little minion, you know, that is always like hovering around the villain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he totally was. He's like your little lackey, you know? Worm tongue. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Grima worm tongue. Oh, man. I don't know. You got to watch it, though, guys. It's, it's, uh, this is one of those things that people are going to be talking about for quite a while. Like, Mm -hmm. Netflix is killing it on the, uh, on the true crime documentaries. They're just killing it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. Um, yeah, and there was a lot about this that reminded me of, like, making a murderer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, each episode, like, there's a new reveal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just, like, a new twist and, like, a new person that they'll introduce. And it just, the story just gets wilder and wilder. Yeah. To the point yeah, where, like, there's a video. Mean- We're watching a video at one point where you see someone's reaction to someone doing something. You guys know what I'm talking about? The yes. the office, yeah, yeah, yeah. the like. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Like we're yeah. Whew. Yeah, I was thinking. There's no way that was caught on video, and there you go. <laughs> I know. Like you, and you get to hear the guy talk about how he's feeling as we're watching him actually react to it on video, and it's like, yeah, yeah this is it's one of the most compelling shows that I've seen. In a long time, everybody's talking. My parents won't stop fucking texting me about it <laughs> for crying out loud. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. It's a self-esteem booster. It makes everyone feel better about themselves. A uh, true, <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I yeah. could not agree more. At least I'm not Joe Exotic. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, there needs to be a Springer. Huh? There needs to be a T-shirt that says, "At least I'm not Joe Exotic." <laughs> oh my god, that t-shirt would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> yeah, every time you saw someone in that show that was that had any semblance of being normal, mm-hmm. you're just like, get the fuck out of there, save yourself, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> How did they get such access to Joe Exotic? Like is he just so like oblivious to how scummy he is that he's like sure bring it on in i'll do interviews and all this stuff yeah he wanted to be uh he wanted to be like a a known personality he wanted to be famous and he got his wish yeah oh definitely yeah and it's one of those things like they did talk to somebody that knew him back in the early days when he started the the zoo originally and they said like we believe i believe that he had good intentions in the beginning and then he got a little taste of you know 
of some money and, and a little bit of notoriety and, and, uh, and he, dude, he just fucking ran with it. Wanted to become a country singer, wanted to, you know, and then anybody that disagreed with him or tried to shut him down, he'd attack them, go after them. And I mean, basically just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it too much. We, I think we've talked a lot about it a lot. I don't think we've spoiled anything. Like we can talk about it as much as we want to, but I think at the end of the day, in order to get to like the full kind of like understanding and experience what we saw, you just got to watch all seven episodes. And I think it's a pretty easy binge because it's very binge worthy. Like I'm, you know, I've been, you know, text, like my parents are like, yeah, we're on this episode. Now we're on this episode. And like my dad just finished it. And, <laughs> and so, you know, the guy from work was just like watching it episode after episode. Like it's, it's, it's pretty addictive. And it's one, of, I think it's one of the can't miss must watch um, uh, things right now, especially during this coronavirus thing going on. Like, <laughs> if you're stuck at home, this is definitely have dropped at a better time. Could not have dropped. <laughs> I was thinking like Quibi needs to drop early. Like, this would be the perfect time for Quibi to drop all their content right now. I know they're dropping yeah. April sixth, and this is probably still going to be going on. I think I think Quibi is. Uh, Quibi might do a little better than I even thought with all this going on. I think people. People might want. That. I agree, but yeah, it's a real ripe atmosphere yeah, right w- now for that kind of programming. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched this all the way through, straight from start to finish. I could not nice. stop watching it. It was nice. <laughs> it was a weird night. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, I, I I that I guarantee those words have been. I guarantee you've muttered those words many nights. It's been a weird night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the first time you've ever uttered those words. So, um, that's very true. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Tristan, what do you have for good pop, bad pop? Uh, real quick, a couple things that you guys already mentioned. Um, Curb, your enthusiasm. I think the 10th season was a Tupperware season. Yes. I think it was better than the previous. I, I really enjoyed it. The Spite Store is a genius concept <laughs> and it was, it was just a, a wonderful. Just a wonderful season through oh, and through. I don't think there was a weak episode. I was and, really wanting to know, get that licorice today, Tristan. Yeah. Yeah, that licorice. And um I really want to see what Larry David would do during the pandemic too. You know, oh unfortunately. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee um, yeah. he's like he's like uh you ever see that John Travolta movie, The Boy in the Bubble? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. He's definitely he's he's in a bubble right now, right? He's like what in one of those fucking bubbles right now. Definitely, yeah, he, he, he would create a bubble and, and roll through the freaking city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, I also was watching um, you mentioned it last week, Brian. Big Little Fires. Yeah, um, I'm gonna Tupperware that show as well. I'm really enjoying that. How far? Um, how far are you into it, man? I haven't. I, dude, I'm I'm dying to get back to it. I've just had so much on my plate. How far are you into the series? Uh, well, they dropped the first three episodes, and then another one came out this week. Yeah. So yeah, four four episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's a Tupperware for me. I think <sighs> Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington are dynamic together. I think yeah. it's uh, it's very. It, it reminds me of. Um, Big Little Lies, which um, I don't think you've watched, Brian, but uh, it's it's on HBO and in Stars Reese Witherspoon in a very very similar character. Huh? No, I but, haven't I haven't seen that one. 
This is oh yeah, this is little fires everywhere is what it's called, right? Yeah, I, I confuse big little yeah. fires with with little pretty liars <laughs> yeah. and big little lies. I know. That, that by the end of this, by the end of your review, you're calling it like tiny little flames. You know, it's like big little <laughs> pretty flames. Yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, it's a you know, it's a story about two women and their uh, two very different women who come together and their uh, their family dynamics and. As the title suggests, little fires everywhere. It's just every relationship on that show is just weird and 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 toxic. I would say, yeah, um, yeah. very entertaining. And um, I also watched the uh, the platform, on dude. Netflix. Let's hey, let's jump into that right now. Yeah. All right, okay. okay. The platform so on you, Netflix. You watched it too. Now? Oh, yeah. Dude, you okay. were not the only person to tell me about the platform. It's like you, okay, uh, Tristan, you were the first person to tell me about the platform. And then I was at, I was at my job. I was talking to that guy and he's like, dude, you gotta watch, you gotta watch the platform. I'm like, and then he starts telling me about it and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta watch this fucking thing. It's a, it's a Spanish science fiction horror thriller film. It's directed by Galder Gast, uh, Gastula, excuse me, Yerushia. Yerushia sounds like a weird part on your body, uh-huh. right? <laughs> like in the throat, maybe. Like it's a part of your body that you don't even know exists, dude. And like all of a sudden, like you're going to a doctor's appointment and he's telling you about it now because yours is fucked up. You have a Yerushia infection. <laughs> You've got a Yerushia infection. Yeah, it's inflamed. You've got a Yerushia inflammation of the Yerushia. <laughs> and like, like first off, like you're like, what the fuck is a Yerushia? And he's 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 not talking in layman's terms right now. So you're all fucking like, what the fuck? Am I gonna fucking die? He's talking about the fucking Yerushia. Oh my god! It sounds it sounds like and like I don't give a fuck what my Yerushia is doing right now. I don't even know the damn thing exists. And now this doctor is like bringing this fucking thing into my life now. Now I got to worry about this thing, right? Before it was just like, not, before it was just like looking at my fucking wife's dead eyes and our dead marriage. Now I got to fucking worry about my fucking Yerushia. My fucking, now my fucking Yerushia is falling apart too. Just like my goddamn marriage. And now, you know, I, I hear that if you drink cranberry juice, it's going to get better. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, like it's like a UTI. It's like a UTI. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know as soon as like as soon as my wife hears about me at my Eurasia, she's going to be like, "Oh, honey, oh no, oh no." But then she's fucking texting Kyle on the side, the guy that she's been talking to. Guess what? He's going to die. His Eurasia is fucking inflamed. He might have cancer down there. <laughs> she's fucking she's fucking you know she's banging Kyle Kyle from work oh, no. Kyle from work <laughs> and, he, Kyle. and his fucking eyes on polos <laughs> fuck you and your eyes on polos Kyle <laughs> <laughs> uh, the platform yeah go ahead uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the film is set in a large tower style prison where the inmates are fed by means of a platform that gradually descends the levels of the tower ostensibly a fair system if each inmate takes only his or her share of food 
but deeply inequitable in practice as inmates at the top levels have the ability to take much more food and leave less for those below. Uh, the film's cast includes Ivan Massag, uh, Antonia San Juan, Zorian Aguilor, Emilio Bualcoca, and Alexandra Massangay. Something. Um, All the household names. Yeah, dude. Towards the end there, it's like, Christ, it's hard to get them out. Uh, this actually premiered at the uh, 2019 uh, Toronto International Film Festival. It won People's Choice Awards for uh, Midnight Madness. Um and then it uh, set this uh, streaming deal with Netflix. Um, Tristan, I'm glad that you turned me on to this. This I this is just an incredible concept. You basically yeah. have uh, these chefs and pastry chefs, and, and and they make the finest foods. There's a scene basically where there's you've got like like I guess kind of like the head chef, kind of like the Gordon Ramsay, you know, and he's yeah. kind of like complaining to like one of the chefs. It looks like he got maybe like a hair in 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 a pastry, and so like they're preparing like the best of the best food with the finest ingredients, and it's going to start out at level zero. And each level you get, uh, I found out that the, the, it's a floating platform and it starts on the first level and there's two people in a room. So you have, it's you or it's a, it's a person and they have a roommate and they're just in this room together. They do have access to water. They can drink water whenever they want to. And then they can, on this first level zero, they can eat the food and they have two minutes to eat the food. And then it descends and goes to level one. And then another two minutes goes by and those people eat the food and then it goes down to the next level. Um, hey, Brian, I need, I need a timeout. I got to take shelter. We just had a tornado warning. Okay. Oh, so shit. I'll get right back with you. All right. You said. So, um, yeah, let's take a quick break. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Great episode, guys. Great episode. <laughs> I hope no. I hope Jake's safe. I hope Jake's safe. Let's yeah, let's take yeah. a quick break. Fucking old school. Damn, these beats are so fresh. All right, we are back. Uh, Jake might not be joining us for the rest of the episode. They've got a tornado warning there. He's in the basement right now. Their power went off. Um, hopefully, he'll be safe. He'll keep me updated. And, um, yeah. So, Jesus, if it's not one thing, it's another. It's, oh, Jesus Christ, man. I know. <laughs> this year has been a fucking... Fuck 2020. 2020. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Illinois, oh. Illinois tornadoes, great. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the platform. Um, it's it's basically it's a system, and I guess like I don't know about you guys, but like, did you get the feeling that you could evenly kind of like share portion this food out? It, is it even yes. possible? Yes. Yeah, I mean, people could survive. They could take their minimum caloric intake i'm sure but yeah 
Yeah, no, that was just one of the themes of the sh- of the movie was that, you know, it's like it it's hard to coordinate that. It's like you have to have a system that works and you have to have people that are willing to give into that system. I mean, because when some people have everything, they're they're going to probably look out for themselves first before they they allow the the people in the lower rung to even have a chance yeah. and obviously it's very timely right i mean we see people uh-huh. raiding supermarkets and shit like that i'm surprised there wasn't toilet paper on the platform but yeah I but i mean yeah i had that in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they have this this gourmet food, you know, that starts at the very top and it goes down and everyone just fucking slaughters that shit as it goes down. I mean, they're not even fucking using utensils or anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 250 levels, I think it was. So that would be, what, like 500 people. I would still think it would be uh, difficult for everyone to share that. Let's, let's not actually, I mean, that's not, that's not the correct number of levels. And, but yeah. let's not give that away, honestly. I think oh, that's no. a big part of the movie too, so. A lot, a lot of people there. Yeah. In the inmate system, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it just seemed like it would be difficult to, uh, to share that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a social commentary that kind of spoke to how difficult it is for people that, that want to fix the system, you know, people just don't agree on methodologies and how to, and how to stop social inequalities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie was a little bit of parasite. It was a little bit of snow piercer yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was as good as like a parasite, but I mean, it was a, it, it was a really damn good film. I, I give it a Tupperware. I first heard about it at TIFF. Um, and I heard that, you know, all the buzz that was going about this movie, and I thought we were going to hear about it during award season, but um, I think it's just maybe a movie that's a little too gory for them to be considered, you know, Academy Award contenders and all that stuff. So maybe that's why it, it wasn't pushed. Did it release in theaters at all? I don't think so. I think so Netflix can't be just decided for a lot of those awards if it's not released in theaters. Yeah, yeah, but I just heard a lot of buzz of it um, at TIFF last year, and I thought it was going to be a movie that was going to be. Um, pushed in theaters during that time, but apparently not. But yeah, it's a it's a good movie and a, a, a Tupperware for me. It had a Spanish um, a dub over the Spanish and the Netflix USA version I watched. Yeah. But it was a really good dub. Yeah, it, like was. it was a dub that you didn't really that wasn't distracting or anything. Right. Wait, you saw a dubbed version? Yeah, I did yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I watched yeah. it in Spanish with subtitles. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. you can set the preferences in Netflix, I believe, to like give you the uh, I dub version. Subtitles, personally, but yeah, yeah. Well, this um, the lead. I thought Ivan Masag or, or however you spell his last name or pronounce his last name. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just a really, just a really cool movie. Um, it's only ninety minutes. It goes by really fast. And you're engaged every scene. Yeah. I, another thing about this is like, not only is like just the concept interesting where like you've got food going down from level to level to level and you know, people eating more than their share. And then like by the time it gets down to the lower levels, there's no food left. So you've got people, people like people at those lower levels that maybe haven't eaten for days. Now it comes into play. Like how are they going to survive? So 
yeah, this does explore cannibalism. Um, uh-huh. I will say that. And I also will say you don't know who your roommate's going to be. And for this guy, I would say his first roommate reminded me so much of being stuck in a room with Hannibal Lecter. Yes. <laughs> I love that that actor. Yes. He was great. He was fantastic. Neil, what did you think about this? Oh, I, I fucking love this. This is right up my alley. I mean, at, at the very beginning, I thought it was a little ham-fisted with the allegory uh, about classism and consumerism. But because it, it stuck so true to it and just kept exploring it, I really, really enjoyed it. I love subversive cinema, and this was definitely that. Uh, I Tupperware the fuck out of this. This is this was a great fucking movie to watch. Um, I loved the balance uh, of gore with also some of those little moments of, of real human connection and, and just the concept itself was was really really fascinating. Especially since I've been watching so much great British baking show. <laughs> so <laughs> to see like that juxtaposition was super funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what food would you guys have on the platform? Yeah, that's oh. right. Because when they when you they ask you like, what's your favorite food? Like that's part of the. And what's crazy about this is like, it sounds like for some people that are, you know, in this experiment, they were sentenced to this maybe for like a crime. Mm-hmm. But you could also volunteer for it. But there's not so many people volunteering for it. And our main character volunteers for this so he can get a degree in exchange. Yeah. Uh, in exchange, he gets a degree and it's going to help him quit smoking. He's got a serious nicotine addiction. And like, I don't think this guy really knew what he was in for. He definitely did <laughs> no, not. He, did he not. definitely like, did yeah, not. Yeah, dude, you should have brought something other than Don Quixote. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and you should so, have chosen something besides snails. Yes. Yeah, so oh, something with a little bit more protein that will, like, <laughs> fill you up. But, like, that's the thing. Like, they ask you, like, what's your favorite food? And so I believe, like, through the interview process. And so I think, like, once they find out, like, what your favorite food is, they'll incorporate that dish into, you know, like, this buffet that they serve people, this gourmet buffet. Um I want to say this. There are some really cool facts about this because you're going to like after you get done, you're going to want to know like a little bit more about like this platform and you're going to want to know like because like I didn't know how long the platform sat there for people because like you're you're not you're watching this and it's not like you're getting to see the full two minutes per level. So. If you go to IMDB and you go to their trivia section, it has a really – it has facts about this, about how long – it talks about the different levels um, and it talks about the significance of like how long it stays per level and how many levels there are and it's just – it's pretty fascinating. It's pretty fascinating. I will do that right after the show. You definitely should. <laughs> you definitely should. Um, um, Tristan, to answer your question, it would definitely be. Uh, uh, fuck! It just, it just went away. <laughs> I put uh, some really good like French fries on there. That's my thing. Ooh. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. Like that's like one of my biggest weaknesses. Like when I'm dieting is the craving I get for McDonald's French fries. And I know they're garbage. 
You know what I mean? I know it's not good food. It's not good for you. But there's something about like I grew up on McDonald's French fries. And every once in a while, I just want to, yeah. I want a handful of them, you know? And how good is that last fry that's at the bottom of the bag? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one that's really crispy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I fucking, McDonald's, and there's something about the way that they salt them, and the salt just is evenly distributed on each fry. <laughs> That's what I, I hate going to the, I love going to the movie theater, but like, it's like, it's, it's hard to evenly distribute fucking that butter. And I love that butter. I, it's hard to evenly distribute that butter throughout the popcorn. There's, there's a trick. You put a straw in there and then you pump Ooh. the butter through that. Or if they're pumping the butter, you ask them to do it halfway through. Mm. That works too. Yeah. Uh, but it's a uh, filet mignon is what I would Ah, filet mignon. Ah, fucking it for me. It would be beef brisket. Mm. A really good beef brisket from like uh, Salt Lick. What is it? The Salt Lick Barbecue in fucking Austin, Texas. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would be. I yeah, love- when that. When I go to a barbecue place, when I go to a barbecue place, that's what I always test out first is their fucking beef brisket. What were you saying, Neil? I was just going to I was just saying that the uh, that platform when it's fully loaded before it starts descending, it looked so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that food yeah. and just, it, the presentation was great. Oh, yeah. it looks so good. And here's the thing, it's like like the, you had some people that just uh after the platform leaves they just do stuff like spit on the food for the next oh people. On the, you know what I mean? For the people that yeah. when it descends, it's like, that's just, oh, it's just fucked up. You would just, yeah, you would just think because everyone's so randomly distributed on the platforms every month, you would think that people would understand that, okay, I'm going to be at the bottom sometimes. They're going to be at the top sometimes. So they wouldn't do shit like that. But I yeah. guess it's just human nature to just shit on the person below you, you know? Well, and here's, yeah, a, yeah exactly. Capitalism. And here's the thing. It's like the people literally that, shit on the person below you. Think about, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that means so much when you've seen the movie. <laughs> there is, there is, um, it's just one of those things where you got to think about like how it would be easy. I guess it would be easy. Like if everybody was able to get together and like talk about how they were going to ration everything, but there's always going to be one wild card that's going to fuck things up. And here's, you know, if, if everybody could talk about how they were going to do things before they did this, but like, you got to think like the first month that they rolled this out, the people that were on the lower levels that survived and then were on the top level, like they're just eating like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just eating like yeah. crazy. They're like, I haven't eaten for 30 days. The human body, like we can fast, like people can fast. Like you can, like you can fast for like, we can, you can survive for like weeks without eating. Mm-hmm. You know, like three weeks or something without. It depends. Food. Have you ever, like, do you know what the longest fast ever was? No. The longest fast ever, and it was monitored by doctors, and this is a Guinness Book of World Records. It was back in 1971. There was a guy that I think he was over 400 pounds. I think he was like 480-some pounds or something like that. 
and he fasted for 382 days and he dropped down. Ooh. Yeah. He dropped down to like a hundred. Yeah. He dropped down to like 160 pounds or something like that. His he, body just ate himself for a year. Yes. Yeah, so you have, you, you can, your body goes into star sta- starvation mode, starvation mode. You go to ketosis and your body starts to feed off the nutrients that you have in the, in the stored fat at that point. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he was drinking water, they were giving him vitamins, they were monitoring his health, but he was like, he was over 400 pounds and did not, he fasted for 382 days, I believe. God damn. Yeah. The longest I've That's... never eaten was three days. And I, I, I mean, yep. you know, and I can't imagine not I can't imagine going weeks. And there are yeah. video, well, there's videos. You can watch videos on YouTube. It's fascinating to watch these videos on YouTube of people that fast and they'll do like a week fasting and they'll, they'll show their weight at the beginning of the week and their weight at the end of the week. Some of them lose up to 15 to 20 pounds in a week. Your body just goes into complete ketosis where it goes into starvation mode. And just starts eating, you know, basically you start burning like the fat in your body is like the calories that you need to survive. And like you'll see these people like from day one to day two all the way to day seven. And they're talking about like, like the midway point is like the hardest point. But like after a while, your body just gets used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the human body is super adaptable. Oh, totally. Totally. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also kind of what the movie was about, was just the adaptability of human nature and just what you can put yourself through and come out the other side from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I Tupperware the fuck out of this one. I think it's a must-watch on Netflix. This was a pleasant surprise. It's dark, and there's parts where I was like, I can't. I don't know if I can watch this. But man, I was intrigued and couldn't stop watching it. I thought it was fantastic. So thank you, Tristan, for the suggestion. I'm glad we could talk about the platform. Yeah. 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 I think it's doing really well on Netflix. So I think you're going to hear a lot about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have anything left for good pop, bad pop? Tristan, did we get into all your stuff? Um, I checked out self-made inspired by uh, the life of Madam CJ Walker starring Octavia Spencer. Um, I just watched the first episode. Um, it's on Netflix. Started about a week and a half ago. Yeah. How is it? And, uh, started the first episode. Um, the first episode, I would just give it a middle of the road tasted. It's not okay. I, I watched the banker like you did, Brian. Yeah. I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. And when you're talking about black trailblazers and, and history like that, you know, it was a really well made entertaining film. And then I watched, um, an episode of this and it's just a bit of a downgrade in my opinion. Octavia Spencer is she's great, mm-hmm. but it's these weird, I don't know, these weird stylistic choices. Like it's like 1910, but they're playing like current hip hop music and stuff. It's oh, weird. Yeah, and and Tiffany Haddish is in it, and and I'm sorry, but I I, I think she's just a bit of a one trick pony. Yeah, um, she's she's yes. not really yes. doing it too much for me. Like I'm rooting for her, but it's yes. not happening. Right. You know? Dude, I watched. And, I, did you watch The Kitchen? 
No. She was out of her element there when it comes to like yeah. the dramatic stuff. And it's like, yeah. I love her comedy, man. Like I will yeah. watch, yeah. like I'll watch her stand up. I'll watch her do like yeah. a movie with Kevin Hart. I think she's very fucking funny. But on the flip yeah. side, I think she's not quite ready to do the dramatic stuff. I'm looking for it. Have you seen the trailers for Bad Trip? Bad Trip, no. It's her and Eric Andre, and it's like one of those fucking like hidden camera shows where it's got like a narrative, but on the flip side, like they're doing like real life pranks and stuff in front of people and getting their reactions. Mm-hmm. And it's called Bad Trip, and it looks, I think it's called Bad Trip, and it looks hilarious. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, back to yeah. you. Back to your good pop, bad pop. <laughs> yeah, she just seems a little. She takes you out of it when you see Tiffany Addish in this. You know, walking yeah. around in freaking nineteen fifteen or whatever freaking <laughs> whatever uh, year this takes place. But I mean, it's a fascinating true story as far as Madam C.J. Walker is concerned. She's the first self-made black millionaire, and she's this woman who created these hair products and became a millionaire back in you know a freaking hundred years yeah. ago which is insane. So it's a really good story, but it's just one of those yeah. stories where it's like, uh, I think someone else could have done this a little better, you know? Um, I'm sure, I, I'm sure ABC did during black history month when they talked about it for 15 <laughs> seconds. Right. <laughs> God, right. I, I th- but what the fuck? I mean, seriously, if you're going to have black history month, like, can we, can we learn more about a lot of different, you know, influential black people? I mean, I, I feel like, Everybody, we all know who Rosa Parks is and Harriet Tubman, but I feel like they don't, and Martin Luther King, I just don't feel like they spend, and uh, George Washington Carver, they just don't spend yeah. any, they don't spend any time, and Frederick Douglass, I just don't think they spend any time on any other people. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like, yeah, like the yeah, hits, like here's the, the greatest, here's, here's the greatest hits of uh, Black History Month, and it's like, it's like, you don't have to, like, you could spread, you could do this all year. You don't have to just relegate it to February and talk about the greatest hits. Like you could, you could talk about, you could talk about some of these people all year throughout your curriculum. Cause there's a well, lot. I don't know. I, I thought I knew my black history, but like the guy that Anthony Mackie was playing in the bank red never even heard of this guy. Yeah. 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 And, and his story is fascinating. It's, this guy in the 1950s was, had, you know, was the biggest real estate tycoon in, in LA. Yeah. And I'd never even heard of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's like it dude, it's it seriously. It's like it's like Black History Month. It's it, it's great. I mean, but on the but on the flip side it's like <laughs> there's so many other stories that people don't even fucking know about. You know, it, it's it's crazy. Talk about year round, as you said. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah, exactly. Dude, I was I, I was listening to uh Joe Stark turned me on to this it was the uh it was the episode of the joe rogan experience where he's talking to daryl davis go back and i think it was an episode that he dropped in january this is this episode is fascinating as fuck it's this it's it's this black guy who who would set up interviews with high ranking members of the kkk and through just talking with them they would they would leave the KKK. They would denounce. Oh, I've heard about that guy. Yeah, they would denounce the KKK just because of just because of this guy talking to them and 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 and, and building a relationship with them. He talks about how many of these uh, KKK members after they after they leave the KKK would give him their robes 
Yeah. He, he there was a 60 minutes piece on him. This guy's incredible. And, and he was talking yeah. about, and he said, he said, they should he's like you know what they just need to get rid of black history month and just have this they just need to talk about this year round this should be a year round thing this it should just mm-hmm. be it like it should just be a part of our it should just be a part of our of our history curriculum it shouldn't yeah. it shouldn't be like yeah. oh, okay okay we're going to talk about white history all fucking year and about and, and still tell you spit out the same lies about Christopher Columbus that you've been hearing. <laughs> we're gonna talk, we're gonna we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna, we're you know you, you can you can talk about you can talk about great black people throughout the entire year. You don't have to fucking just yeah. give it the one month and then like okay we did it shortest month yeah of yeah. course exactly fucking twenty eight <laughs> days I love what do you remember Nat X on Saturday Live Chris Rock's character of Nat X. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, he, and so black he squirts oil. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then and he's like he's like the only show that's like he's like they they could the white man couldn't give me thirty minutes, they gave me fifteen or something. <laughs> 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 oh man but yeah man I don't know. Yeah uh, fucking Daryl Davis, the Daryl Davis episode of Joe Rogan uh, it dropped in January. Highly recommend that one. It's fascinating as fuck. Did you li- have you listened to it, Neil? I haven't listened to the episode. No, I only know it was in the sixteen minutes piece. You'll it'll blow you away. It'll fucking blow you away, Tristan. You should listen to it too. It's fantastic. I'll catch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. So yeah, so this is on. It's on Netflix. I love Octavia Spencer. I think she's really good in everything she's in. I wasn't like I thought. Ma was okay. I thought she was good in it, but yeah, it's no fault of Octavia Spencer. And I think yeah. she's a producer behind it. I think LeBron James is also a producer behind this. But it's mm. just one of those shows where <laughs> you know, like the period shows, where you can tell it's like a limited budget. Yeah, and so I, so I see, so I see the same guy with his top hat walking back and forth in the background. <laughs> I see the same Model T Ford going back and forth. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's just something I I expected more. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. That's all I got this week. Uh, Let's talk about the pop culture leftovers news. Let's jump into that fucking crap. (laughs) Here we go. Amidst all this coronavirus, we do have some, um, I have some quick news that I want to go over here, um, about some, uh, uh, renewals for some Netflix shows. Uh, this, Joe Stark, check this out, dude. Castlevania lands a fourth season on Netflix, so we're getting a fourth season of Castlevania, the animated series on Netflix, uh, the series by Warren Ellis. This is, it's been fantastic so far. So it's getting a fourth season. That's great. Usually doesn't happen. Netflix doesn't give out those fourth seasons. I don't know. I don't know what you got to do to get a fourth season. Do you? Do you have Not to be live action? Do you have to get that guy from the Fire Festival full documentary to blow somebody to get a fourth <laughs> season on fucking Netflix? Like what? Like seriously? 
Oh, hey, you got to be named Stranger Things. Yeah, you got to be named or Orange yeah. is the New Black. I think Orange is the New Black is just like they they were grandfathered in, right? You know what I mean? Because like they were House one of the cards too. Yeah. I think they were like they were. What was that, Neil? House of Cards. House of Cards. Too, House of Cards. Well, they, they 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 were grandfathered in. They were like one of the first yeah. fucking Netflix series ever. So yeah. yeah. Um, they also renewed, Netflix also renewed Love is Blind. I know a lot of people have been watching Love is Blind. I haven't watched it. I've seen some clips of it on The Soup. Uh, and then they also renewed uh, The Circle for a second season. Nice. So we're getting The Circle. See- did, hey, Tristan, did you watch The Circle? I did not, not yet. G- dude, get on The Circle, man. It's a perfect time. <laughs> He's compelling as fuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get on the circle. Yeah, I hear about it everywhere. Have you checked out the Circle Brazil yet? I haven't seen the Circle Brazil. Uh -uh. Is it good? Netflix as well. It's I've I've watched one episode so far. It's it's yeah. It's it's really good too. (laughs) I haven't watched um, I haven't watched any of like the Nailed It spinoffs either. I don't know what they are. What countries Mm. are like Nailed It German or Nailed It. Belgium. I don't know what the fuck. I, I haven't watched those either. I just watched the 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 regular the ones. Um, <laughs> listen to me. I just watched American ones. Listen to me. <laughs> America. Um, My nail is America. Yeah. <laughs> Screen Daily posted some photos from the set of uh, the uh, Train to Busan sequel titled Peninsula. Uh, I posted those pictures on uh, Twitter. This article goes to, goes on to say, Korean director Yeon Seng Ho doesn't think it's quite right to call Peninsula, Peninsula an official sequel to his zombie thriller, Train to Busan, which became an international hit in 2016. Have either of you seen Train to Busan? Yeah. No. Uh, Tristan, what, do you, what the fuck are you doing with your life, dude? <laughs> dude, I have a family. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you're actually living your life. I got it. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? <laughs> you're saying I'm not just fucking staring at a wall all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make money, pay bills. <laughs> I got. I just. I got a family, man. <laughs> Oh my god, um, dude! You gotta watch this you fucking. Check out. Yeah. You gotta watch this movie, Tristan. You gotta watch it. I'm okay. telling you, man. It's like you know, it's a zombie movie, but it's a, it's it's a Korean zombie film, and it's not like it's not like the George A. Romero slow walking zombies. It's more of like the 28 Days Later kind of like fast European sprinting zombies. You know what I mean? And uh but I'm telling you, like, they're the it's the characters in Train to Busan oh, that are so good, and you'll you'll really fall in love with the characters. And there's this child actor, this little girl, and I'm telling you, at the end of this one, if it doesn't fucking make your eyes sweat a little bit at the end of this fucking movie with this little girl, there's something wrong with you. It, it Train to Busan is fucking incredible. I think you would really enjoy it. All right, I'm gonna put that on my list. I have a list of movies i need to get through while we're uh the, stuck at home yeah the animated prequel i think it is it's called uh it's called uh soul station i believe yeah spelled like soul korea soul station 
and it, it's 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 excellent as well. The director from Train to Busan actually came from an anime background, and so you know that the the prequel animated movie it, it is an anime, and um, and I fe- I mean I think like this director took kind of like that anime style and put it into that film in, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Um, but uh, they, they they talked to him. They talked to the filmmaker. He said he's talking about Peninsula, and he says it takes place four years after Train to Busan in the same universe, but it doesn't continue the story, and it has different characters. Government authority has been decimated after the zombie outbreak in Korea, and there is nothing left except the geographical traits of the location, which is why the film is called Peninsula. Uh, the follow-up stars Gang Dong Wan, who has featured in local hits such as 1987, When the Day Comes, as Young Suk, a former soldier who manages to escape from the Korean Peninsula, a zombie-infested wasteland turned into a ghetto by other nations trying to stop the spread of the virus. Uh, sent back with a crew on a mission to retrieve something, he goes in through the port of Incheon, 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 to reach Seoul and comes under attack, discovering there are more non-infected survivors left on the peninsula. Um, the scale of peninsula can't compare to Train to Busan. It makes it look like an independent film, says Yan. Train to Busan was a high-concept film shot in narrow spaces where peninsula has a much wider scope of movement. So I don't know if that has me worried about this one, Neil, that it's a bigger film with a broader scope. But, man, anything this director has planned for us, like I love Soul Station, I loved fucking Train to Busan, and I'm hoping Peninsula just fucking nails it because, like, I mean, I don't know. As far as zombie movies are concerned, like, I love like the original, you know, Night of the Living Dead. I love Dawn of the Dead. You know, I even love like there's a lot of the Walking Dead series that I enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of World War Z, and I know a lot of people were. But man, I'm telling you, like one of the biggest standouts, if not one of the best, is fucking Train to Train to Passan. And so, I don't know, man. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I, I agree that Train to Busan is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. Yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see him do take it in a different direction. Um, you know, kind of like how the first Alien was uh, a horror tone, and then the second Aliens was was a completely different tone, but continued like that, that universe and was just so different, but it yeah. was also excellent. Yeah. So I'm kind of envisioning that as maybe the inspiration behind doing it this way. Maybe that's the best way to do it with like completely different characters. Like, you know, like pretty much yeah. the only holdover from alien, it, it, the only holdover was, Rip, was Ripley. Yeah. And that's the yeah. way, all those movies were except for you know an android might pop up we might get bishop in alien 3 you know what i mean right so mm-hmm. but um man i maybe it is just the route to go with the sequel is just to have completely new characters it sounds like the director is really sold on this new actor that they have lee mm. young hyun um she plays one of the survivors alongside child actress lee ri who young thinks will become quote 
more popular than Ma Dong Siak in really? Train to Busan. Yes. Which, huh. like, I don't know, man, because I fucking loved it was great. Don Lee in Train to Busan. Like, that mm-hmm. character, like, I don't, though, like, that's almost fighting words because I fucking loved him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's that? It's exciting. It is exciting. It's fucking very exciting because I, I, oh, I love Train to Busan and, um, we'll see. Tiger King news. We talked about Tiger King earlier. <laughs> it looks like, uh, and this news comes from, uh, Deadline. Back in November, UCP announced Joe Exotic, a limited series starring an executive produced by Kate McKinnon. <laughs> Four and a half months later, interest in the project based on Joe Exotic, the second season of Wondery's Over My Dead Body podcast, is skyrocketing because of the massive popularity of the Netflix docuseries Tiger King, about the real-life characters depicted in the Joe Exotic limited series. So, yeah, it looks like, like, so we're not getting, like, <laughs> this is not the end of Joe Exotic material. We're going to get a uh, a limited series here. Do we know where this is going to go? I, I read the article, an article about it, and was talking that, about how Kate McKinnon is cast as as Carol. Yeah, uh, Kate, is, Kate, uh, Kate McKinnon is Carol Baskin. Which yeah. is a weird casting to me. I okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Well, they're you know, like documenting her younger years or something. But. Well, they're all care. They're all well. They can do makeup, but here's the thing: it's like they're all kind of like these wild comedic characters anyway. So maybe that's yeah. a, that's a good choice. I think if you're getting Kate McKinnon, you're definitely and there's a lot of comedy to be had in this story. Yeah, yeah there is. So it's like you might as well just cast like a bunch of comedians, like. I was like, I was thinking like, as I was look as I was trying to do like fan casting, and I know people have been doing fan casting for this, and I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts if you have any fan casting on. But the guy that played, you know, the guy Doc Antle, you know, mm-hmm. I was thinking Paul F. Tompkins would be perfect for him. He'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking uh, John C. Riley, and then uh, somebody pointed out that he looks. Like the uh, Tim Robbins character from High Fidelity. Mm, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a series that's based upon the Joe Exotic story, but just kind of like a like a satiric caricature. They're using Wondery's Over My Dead Body podcast as a source material for this series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, like, I would guess that it's going to be a comedic kind of thing if you're getting Kate McKinnon in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I can see Kate McKinnon summoning the essence of Carol. You know, that is <laughs> a very Kate McKinnon-esque type of character, you know? Yeah. I know uh, Dax Shepard has been kind of lobbying for the Joe exotic part. Oh, I, I don't want him. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. He's just... Keep doing your fucking podcast, Dax. <laughs> your, whatever your armchair podcast is. And I don't listen to his podcast. I listen to I listen to Rosenbaum though. I think he's great. 
kind of hard to find someone that's gonna be a better Joe than Joe. I was like, I kept thinking, like, get David Spade because he, you know, he did Joe Dirt. He just looked. (laughs) For some reason, that popped in my head, too. The Joe Dirt mullet. Yeah. Well, and David Spade's around the same age, too, like in his 50s and like Joe Exotic's Mm -hmm. in his 50s. So. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Somebody in the the actual uh, docuseries, somebody referenced uh, Joe Dirt as well. Somebody said that. Yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah, maybe that's why I kept thinking David Spade as Joe Exotic. Well, it looks like Joe Dirt. I mean, he does. It's hard to get around that fact. Oh my god, that Joe Dirt origin story of that mullet. Like, wasn't it a wig that got fused to his head? Yes. yes it was. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever did you ever watch the sequel? I never watched it. I think it's like no. I think it was like free to watch on Crackle. I never watched it. That first one was just so ridiculous and perfect. Fucking Kid Rock was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> His parents oh. abandoned him at the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. <laughs> and he had he had a mullet wig fused to his skull? Like, how does, how does that make sense? Well, Joe Dirt and little Dickie Child star David Spade is getting an appreciation show. Uh, uh, yeah, fucking Dave. That is a great show. I can't wait to watch that fifth episode. That is such a good fucking show. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> God, I want is that penis thing real? Thank you. I, I, I really want to know that third episode. It was just so, it just so much detail on his penis that I was like, is this a real thing that this guy's really dealing with in his life? Is is it is his shaft skin made up of the fucking scrotum chicken dick scrotum skin? Yeah, I, I want to know. Only little Dicky and his partners would know, right? I'm waiting for the Dicky, little Dicky. I'm waiting for the little Dicky Reddit AMA, <laughs> and that's the first question I'm going to ask him. Like, <laughs> what's up with your scrotum shaft skin? Is that, <laughs> like, what's going on there? Is that real? Is that real? Oh man, the Franken Dick, the Franken cock. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, news from Dark Horizons. Uh, this is, uh, it was an exclusive from THR's Heat Vision newsletter. Ryan Reynolds is in talks to both star in and produce a live action feature adaptation of the classic 1980s arcade game, Dragon's Lair, for Netflix. <laughs> Have you guys heard about this? Wait, he's gonna produce it or star? Yes. He's going to do both. He's going to both star in it and produce. So it sounds like, okay, here, here I'll, let me read the rest of this article. After almost a year of negotiations, Netflix closed the deal to pick up the rights to the property with Reynolds, Roy Lee, Trevor Engelson, Don Bluth. Don Bluth, oh God, Don Bluth, amazing artist. Uh, Gary Goldman and John Pomeroy producing. Uh, the story follows a knight named Dirk the Daring who must rescue the fetching Princess Daphne from the clutches of the evil dragon known as Singe and the wizard Mordrock. Uh, the most popular game in America at one point, the game boasted movie-style animation from Don Bluth, 
who then went on to direct an American Tale and All Dogs Go to Heaven. He also did uh, the, the what was it the is it the Secret in Them? I loved that movie uh, when I was a kid with the so good. with the rats and the the mice and the, yeah, it's really good. Um, did he do Rover Dangerfield as well? Hmm. Remember that one? I don't remember that one. No. Yeah, I do remember uh, Lamb for Time and uh, or did he do Lamb for Time as well? I don't, Blue. He, I don't think he did Lamb Before Time. No, but he definitely did All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. My dad yeah. My dad took me, a little side personal story, but our we had a dog growing up that um, got it. He drank some paint thinner that was like, it looked like water. And it, was, it had, it was, it had no smell to it like it was scentless or whatever and he drank a bunch of the paint thinner and um ended up dying uh Aww. little lasa opsa and his name was timmy and i loved that dog and we all loved that dog and timmy ended up dying and we had to, yeah we had to, but my dad took me and my sister to go see all dogs got to heaven when we were kids after timmy passed away and uh, I'll always remember that. It was a good memory. That was a good memory. My da- not a good memory of my dog dying, of course, but it was a good memory right. of my dad taking us to go see that movie after after Timmy died. So he looked like yes. when he put his ears up. He looked like Gizmo from um, <laughs> from Gremlins. Aww. But um, I this is crazy. Like there was a Dragon's Lair cartoon. Uh, back in the day, Dragon's Lair was like one of those games in the arcade that was just beautiful to look at. I remember going to, it was at, they had one here in Peoria. Well, uh, when I lived in Peoria, they had one at the Showbiz Pizza. And it's just this beautiful game. The game was actually on, uh, on a laser disc. And, oh. and, um, it was like live, it was like, it was like an animated movie and, uh, you would just hit different buttons like uh, attack or up, down, left or right. And the game would kind of like give you like an indicator of like what you needed to hit on the, uh, if you needed to go up or down, it would give you like a little flash of where like on the screen of like where you, what you would need to hit. It was a very hard game. It was a lot of memorization. And, um, you, eventually they, they released it on DVD and you could buy it on DVD and actually just play it with your, like your DVD remote. And so I bought Dragon's Lair and Dragon's Lair 2 and Space Ace. It was a combo that you could buy on DVD and I could just play it on my TV. Or if I wanted to be really lazy, I could just watch the playthrough of the entire game, which I eventually <laughs> just did because it's fucking hard. But um, it's a beautiful game, beautiful Don Bluth animation. And to think that Ryan Reynolds will be playing Dirk the Daring on a Netflix <laughs> live action feature of this. I am so intrigued. Yeah. yeah. So am I. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and just in general is just making good choices, I think, with the things that he produces not necessarily every every film that he's involved in but just stuff that he that he believes in yeah you know i even in i even enjoyed uh the pikachu thing oh god i did too i did too i, did too. I loved the uh, detective pokemon i thought it was great yeah. 
I thought it, I actually I, I did th- not like Six Underground though. Six Underground was so stupid. It was fun. Yeah. I, I didn't even have fun with it, man. Oh, I did. Oh my god, that car chase scene where that that was at the beginning. That was just ridiculously stupid and fun. It's Michael Bay. It's exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But man, I yeah, I can just see, I can see Ryan Reynolds in that night outfit. You know what I mean? I can just see him dressed mm-hmm. as Dirk the Daring. It just fits, and I, I want to, I, I do want them to update the character with like his sarcasm. I think that that would be kind of, that would be fun. I think that that would bring something to this. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And to have like, oh my god. What what are they going to make these what are they going to make the creatures that he fights like look like? I know like you'll see him fight like in the game like, you know, skeletons with swords and, you know, different things like that. Um, you know, different kind of like ghouls and ghosts and things like that. But like at the end of this fucking game, you battle a dragon, singe. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and it, what is, I, I mean, I want to see, like, I want to see what the singe is going to look like in this. I don't, I want them to do something fun and different with the design of this dragon. I don't want it to be like your typical, like, I'm watching either a Dragonheart movie, I'm looking at Smaug again from fucking The Hobbit, or I'm looking, you know what I mean? I just, I want them to do something. or something. Yes. I want it to be something new and something different that they're doing with this dragon that we're seeing in this Netflix movie. Something new, something different. Speaking of dragons, did you see the Easter egg in uh, Westworld episode two? I haven't watched, dude, I haven't watched any of Westworld season three yet. I haven't seen episode two yet. Um, yeah, there's a, a an Easter egg there regarding a, a dragon. Yeah, all uh, I'm going to say about that. Are they, it was all over the, the internet, so it's not that big of a secret. Are they fucking doing Game of Thrones shit? Is there a Game of Thrones <laughs> world? Is there a Game of they, Thrones world? They they drop the um the Game of Thrones dragon in there. Is there a fucking Daenerys cameo? I don't. What the fuck? Oh my! Oh, they had uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had the producers of Game of Thrones and the dragon just in a quick scene. Okay, I gotta keep. Yeah. Pu- I gotta stop putting. I'm not. It's. I think it's. Be- you know what it is with me? It's the thing is is I did a I did a Legion podcast, and now that and then when I quit it and I stopped doing it, Legion season three came out and it's like I don't have to watch it now. And so it was like, I didn't, so, you didn't. so I didn't, it was, kind of, yeah, it was kind of like this. It was kind of like I was making this point, you know what I mean? Like I was taking, you know what I mean? And now it's like Westworld. I'm not doing Westworld podcast anymore. And so it's kind of like Westworld's come out and I'm not watching. It's almost, it's kind of like I'm just doing it because I don't have to anymore. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Fuck you, dad. So, so I think that means you really don't give a fuck about Westworld. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> honestly, at the end of after after season two, like I fell in love with those characters in season one. Like I fucking Luke Hemsworth is fucking Stubbs, and and uh, I fucking love Tandy Newton and uh, Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, I've I, you know I I love a lot of those characters, and I love Aaron Paul. They're bringing him in this fucking season. It's 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm dragging my feet on that fucking show. I don't know why. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll eventually watch it. I don't know if I'll ever watch Legion season three. I don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Three episodes in. I've got to finish it. I got to finish it. Well, there's going to be a void in production pretty soon due to the coronavirus. So <laughs> it's it's true. Have all this time to catch up on everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you guys ready to move into Marvel news? Let's do yes. it. Jesus Christ, news this week was crap. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, Marvel news. Marvel news. It's nice to have Jake here for ten seconds, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any updates on him yet? Uh, yeah, hold on, let me check and see. He sent. It's like hard to. He's sending yeah. me messages, but it's like it's like I'm I'm doing a podcast. So it's not like I can. Here we go. Hey. Seems like the scare is over. Getting the cats back upstairs, and then I'll call in. That was it. That was two minutes ago. Oh, nice. cool. Yeah, you might be calling back in here. All right, let me hold on. Let me let me send him a send him a message here. Sounds <laughs> good. Just <laughs> just in time for some riveting news. <laughs> like, 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 hold on. I, I want to wait till he sees this. I said it. I said he said. I, I, I put sounds good, cheese dick. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm waiting for I, you know. I'm waiting for him to see it. He hasn't seen it yet. I just got that little check mark. He had, he has. Oh, he saw it. He just saw it. He just, he's respond. He put LOL. <laughs> I, I'm gonna heart his LOL. There we go. <laughs> 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 oh shit! All right, I got got uh, got some news here from Dark Horizons about the Loki series. Uh, one of the reasons Tom Hiddleston's Loki has been one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's most interesting characters is that he's had a good deal of depth. Introduced as a villain in the MCU, the character flirted at times with being more heroic before ultimately going back to his nefarious and selfish ways. He finally scored redemption in Thor Ragnarok, only to be killed off in Avengers Infinity War, but then was returned in Avengers Endgame, albeit an earlier version more like the old Loki. As a result, showrunner Michael Waldron tells Forever Dogs podcast, Forever Dogs? Have you guys ever heard? Of, you ever you ever listen to Forever Dogs podcast? All the time. Nope. <laughs> Big fan of Forever Dogs. I don't miss it. Mm. <laughs> he was talking to Forever Dogs this week that the character will face an identity crisis. There's one of our listeners out there that's like, "Oh yeah, Forever Dogs. That's good. I like that podcast." <laughs> <laughs> fucking traitor listening to them anyway. how dare you how dare how dare you listen to other content um quote i think it's the struggle with identity who you are who you want to be i'm really drawn to characters who are fighting for control certainly you see that with loki over the first 10 years of the movie he's out of control at pivotal parts of his life he was adopted and everything 
And that manifests itself through anger and spite towards his family. Um, wow. Thanks for the big fucking reveal. We know nothing. Is that it? That's it. That's all. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus Christ. Wait. It's interesting uh, how Loki killed more people in New York City than Osama bin Laden and he's just walking down the street and Thor Ragnarok like it's nothing. That's true. He should be like viewed as like Hitler. Yeah. He's a terrorist. He's a fucking terrorist. There should be yeah. posters of this guy on the fucking Women street. Women are running up and taking selfies with Thor next to him. I'm like, you do realize this guy like just killed your families and friends like five years ago, right? Wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's a good point. That's a great point. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Feige? <laughs> At least Tristan has an excuse in his family, but what the fuck is up, Mike? <laughs> damn it, Feige always dropping the ball. Listen to this cast, though. Listen to this cast that we're getting for Loki. Richard E. Grant, Gugu Bimbatha Raw, Owen Wilson, oh, Sophia DiMartino. This, that's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, you're, you're talking about you're talking, Richard E. Grant, who I think is great. Gugu Mabatha Raw is like one of the most up and coming actors right now, and then Owen Wilson's coming out, coming back to do this shit. This is crazy. It's a great cast. It's a yeah. great cast. Fucking Disney, Jesus. Got some uh, Jake. Welcome back, you son of a bitch. Hey. I see ya. Thank you, thank you. That was fucking scary for a second there. What was going on? Uh, the, the, oh, the the tornado. Yeah, geez, it was like everything went dark, and then the alarms went off, and then my phone started doing like DefCon three alarms, and I was like, oh, oh my wow. god. So, oh wow. Yeah, luckily the landlord let us down to the basement. Unluckily, they have pets too, and our pets weren't driving too much with that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake, you missed some exciting shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, it, there's only only up to go once I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Yeah, I'm like so excited to be back on the show, and then I'm fucking getting tornadoed off. So that was not cool. Yeah, seriously. It, next week, before we have you back on, Jake, can we check the weather before we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit, dude. Next week, I'm just gonna be in a fucking bomb shelter with a hazmat suit on, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh my God. Might be a bit echoey, but I'll be able to maintain the whole episode. <laughs> I mean, Jake, you've, you've been in a bomb shelter for seven days with you and Netflix. Have you had a chance to watch Tiger King? No, you're going to be like, you're no, gonna, no. You're going to, you're going to tell me, you're, you're going to, no, but I've been, I've been, I've been playing this Animal Crossing. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you in this Animal Crossing game. I I don't I this thing is like exploded and I don't even I don't even know. You you had to tell me what it was, Jake. I had no idea. Yeah, I think it's just the timing of it all. I mean, it's a, you know, it's yeah. a a different life simulator game and right now the life that you simulate in Animal Crossing is very much more pleasant than the life that we're experiencing <laughs> right now. So, it's just a very easy escape, you know. Yeah, and we've got so much fucking time on our hands that you can just really delve into it. 
Should yeah, I-, I don't think they meant the timing to work that way, but geez, it, it really worked. I mean, it, I see it as one of the top 10 things turning on Twitter like all the time, and the thing came out over a week ago now. Oh, Animal, Thank you, Animal Crossing. You saved us during this time. <laughs> yeah, for real. Animal thank Crossing you. And Tiger King. <laughs> and, yeah, Animal Crossing and Tiger King. Thank Our you saviors. so much. Are we in news now? What happened? What I miss? Yeah, we're in Marvel <laughs> news. We're in Marvel news. We just got done. We got done talking about uh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in a live action uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah, so, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's one of my favorite games from my childhood. Yeah. I would just stand wide eyed watching people that knew how to beat it beat it until mm-hmm. I figured out how to do it myself. You know. <laughs> I bought the. I was yeah, telling these guys. It was like a select few people that actually knew how to play that thing. Oh, they were gods to eight-year-old yeah. Jake. Did you ever watch the? <laughs> did you ever watch that video game competition show that was on like USA? Yeah, I remember that. I love that. Show. Did you watch when they played Dragon's Lair? That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And the people really fucking sucked that when they played Dragon Slayer, it was like instant skeletons. There was one that was like there was one kid that was really fucking good at that game that I thought was pretty damn good at that game. But anyway, um, I bought the years ago. I bought the DVDs of Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair Two, and Space Ace, the Don Bluth collection, and like you could play them right on your TV. Yeah, they were perfect for that because it was just up, left, right, and down, and then the one button, and they would just have the inner or mm-hmm. the enter button. Yeah. There yeah, was, I it had was, that collection too. It was really good. It was a laser disc. Like the arcade game was laser disc, and by the time you got the DVD, it was DVDs a better quality than laser discs, so it translated pretty well. Yeah, it was just something. It seemed <clears throat> like you know graphics back then were so crude that to see this video game that basically looked like a Saturday morning cartoon was yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. Do, do you remember the exact same fucking arcade cabinet at Showbiz Pizza, right? Oh, for sure. For yes. sure. That's the one I would stare wide-eyed at. That's I was there too, dude. I was at the same fucking Showbiz playing the same <laughs> fucking Dragon's Lair game. Did yeah. Showbiz have like the singing animatronics like Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. Oh, and yeah. They were way yeah, better. I remember that. Yeah. The, I had one over here. The band was the Rockafire Explosion, and they were way better than that Chuck E. Cheese bullshit. Yeah, they had Billy Bob. He was the god. Yep. Have you guys seen the documentary? It's the Rockafire Explosion. It's the documentary about Showbiz and its downfall. Mm, no, I haven't. Yeah. I don't think you can stream it anywhere. You can probably like rent it on video on demand, but I bought the DVD years ago. It is fucking awesome. There's a guy that bought, he bought like from, he bought from the guy who like came up with the rock of fire explosion. He bought like a set of the animatronic puppets, like Billy Bob and like the, the fucking gorilla and What's her name? Mitzi. Birdie, right? Well, yeah, there's, there's the bird and there's Mitzi and she's the, she was the girl with the roller skates. He bought all of them and he made his basement look like a fucking showbiz pizza and he plays modern music with the band. You've actually brought that to my attention a few years ago on this podcast and I I haven't seen the um, documentary 
but I've watched the YouTube videos of the guy with the entire set in his basement, you know, doing Metallica songs, yes. or Nirvana songs, <laughs> or Baby's Got Back. And, yeah. And that's a, that's worth a YouTube search. It's it pretty is. amazing to see him doing the modern songs, and he's really kept them in good condition. Totally, totally. And I, at the end of the documentary, the guy says, yeah, I have one more set of these that I'm looking to sell and like I don't at the time nobody had bought them yet so but uh I don't know if I want to be known as the guy that has <laughs> fucking animatronic animals in my fucking basement yeah dude get him singing fucking purple rain and shit yeah I got black widow rumors from the bulletintime.com and this is a possible script leak this it's it's from an alleged 4chan leaked script that hit the internet for Black Widow. Do you want me to get into these or do you want people to have to, Jake, do you want people to have to fucking email me to hear these spoilers? I mean, I'd like to hear a few of the big spoilers, honestly, and talk about them. All right, here we go. I'll just dig in. I'll just dive into it. Natasha Romanoff is hidden in Cleveland after what happened in Captain America's Civil War. But one of the Black Widows finds her. After finishing her and stealing her communicator, Natasha decides to leave her hiding place. But on the way, she runs into Supervisor. In her fight, the supervisor surprises her, and the sequence of the bridge that we have seen in the promos would take place. After getting rid of the villain and being engaged, Natasha goes off to an old friend, Mason, played by O.T. Uh, Fagbindel, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Through the communicator, they discover that the Black Widow widows are also after Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh. Thaddeus Ross appears with his men to stop Natasha, who we remember is chasing, who, uh, who we remember is chasing after the events of Civil War. Mason distracts them so that Natasha can run away. In search of Yelena, Natasha goes to Budapest to a safe house in the Red Room. Yelena believes that Natasha is there to kill her and they fight, but Natasha manages to convince her that she is on her side. To this, the Black Widows appear to them, and a confrontation with them occurs. All this sequence has been seen in quite detail in the spots and trailers. After fleeing, Yelena tells Natasha that the Red Room program has been reactivated, and that the supervisor has combat technology that allows her to copy the combat style of others. He also tells her that supervisor really works for someone else, for the new director of the program. In the new program, they create killers that are sold to the highest bidder. The program director uses a serum to brainwash the new Black Widows so that they are completely obedient. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, very Winter Soldiery. Very Winter Soldiery. I think I feel like I've watched something else that was kind of like this. I can't think of it like right off the top of my head, but like training a killer and like being able to like buy them in a, in an auction. That's, that's crazy. Um, Yelena also tells Natasha that both she and Melina Vostikov played by Rachel Weiss, who also was a black widow and a mentor to both refused to work for the new director. And that is precisely why they are persecuted. Both escaped together, but they were separated by supervisor 
Natasha turns once more to Mason to locate Melina, who's apparently hidden in Morocco. They also discover that Supervisor is an elite mercenary whose name is Anthony Masters, the real name of Supervisor in the comics. I keep thinking that they're they're saying Supervisor, and I feel like they want to say Taskmaster. Yeah, that's. I was going to actually ask yeah. if they were one and the same. Yeah, I don't know why they keep saying Supervisor. I think it's supposed to be Taskmaster. So hmm. I don't know. I don't. Supervisor sounds like. I don't know. The dickhead at the, probably like the dickhead at the grocery <laughs> store that was giving you shit this week, Jake. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the supervisor is Karen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, when they refer to the supervisor here, I'm going to say taskmaster because, like, I don't know why the fuck they keep saying supervisor. Natasha and Yelena reunite with Melina, who has already survived an attempted attack by the new Black Widows. Melina reveals that the director wants to extract the serum from the super soldier in the blood of, holy shit, yes, they want to extract the serum from the super soldier uh, the serum from the super soldier in the blood of Alexei David Harbor to create him with, to create super widows. Are you guys following? Mm-hmm. So, so, yes. yeah. So it is, it looks, it looks like, and I, I thought from the trailers, it looked like David Harbor as Red Guardian. It looked like he had like superhuman strength. So it looked like the Russians had been doing their own kind of like, you know, super soldier serum, like, you know, the U.S. did with Captain America during World War II. And it looks like they got something. They did something and they got, we got, they got Red Guardian. And so they're trying to extract his blood and then give that to the widows in the widow black widow program and turn them into super widows. Hmm. And that way they'll go for more money and they could become even more rich selling them. (laughs) Natasha, Yelena and Melina come to the rescue of Alexi, who is in a Siberian Siberian gulag. What's that? It's like a prison. Prison. Oh, okay. A gulag is like a, like a crappy jail. It's basically where Hopper ends up. Oh, okay. Because it made me think of like goulash and I was starting to get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Mulder ends up in one in X-Files as well. Uh, Keith or Sutherland ends up in one in 24. Mm. It's like a foreign jail. I'm going to end up in it's, a, yeah, I'm going to end up in a goulash in about 20 minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, What's his name? Uh, Mickey Rourke was in the environment, too. There you go. Hey, welcome to Gulag Cast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All your favorite gulags in one uh, place. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. On his mission, Taskmaster and his men arrive and another great confrontation ensues. Natasha gets to fight again with the Taskmaster. And here she discovers that they want her alive. Again, they manage to escape, safe and all gathered. Natasha tells them that she wants to end the Red Room. 
And since they want her alive, she proposes to use herself as bait. The plan is to let themselves be captured so that Yelena, Melina, and Alexi follow them to the new facilities. And if you guys are confused, Alexi is Red Guardian. Um, follow them to the new, uh, follow them to the new facilities of the Red Room in Norway. Uh, in this talk, there would also be the revelation that the director of the program is Drykoff, played by Ray Winstone, and oh. uh, whose daughter Loki alludes to in the Avengers. So when, yes, when Loki is giving that speech in the Avengers movie, he calls her Drykoff's daughter. And we heard the rumor months ago, we talked about it on the podcast, that Drykoff would be in the movie. It looks like actor Ray Winstone is going to be playing Drykoff, and that was pretty much confirmed by Empire this week, that Ray Winstone was Drykoff. Um, this movie, I'm not going to get into this. It, it does get into what happened in Budapest. So we have a flashback that tells us what happened in Budapest. I am shocked by this. But I'm also excited by this. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil. Oh, go ahead. Is Hawkeye going to be in this? Let me. I'll have. I'll have you vote. Um, Jake, do you want to know if Hawkeye's in this or not? Oh, I want to know. Yes. All right. I I don't care about spoilers now that you know. If we were going to get this when we thought we were going to get this, I we we would be so close that I'd be like, I just want to wait. But now we don't even have a release date, and I just want to know everything. Fuck it. Hawkeye. Of course Hawkeye's in this. Hawkeye is in it. Hawkeye is in it. And then also we, there is, there are scenes of Robert Downey Jr. in this as well. I'll just throw it out there. Fuck it. Of course there are. RDJ's in this. Well, he's still alive at this time. So. Yeah. That's happening. You know what? Anytime you go back in the past, you're going to see RDJ. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to spoil any of this, any more of this for our listeners. Except I will. Fuck! I, I even got post credit scene stuff here. There's two post credit oh, sure. scenes. There's two post credit scenes. So sure, you're gonna get an email from me. <laughs> I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'll send you. I'll, I'll just copy and paste it and send it to you. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. I want to read. If you guys want to know what happens in the rest of this uh, Black Widow movie, if you want to know about the post credit scenes and all this stuff, like, I don't know if this is 100%, but it comes from, a, I guess, a reliable source on 4chan. Send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. If you're wondering why I've never responded to your email that you sent me from brian at popcultureleftovers.com, it's because you're spelling my fucking name wrong, asshat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I was wondering why you wouldn't respond. I've responded. I think I've literally responded to everybody that's ever sent me an email. That's like anytime anybody wants to like know like, oh, what we talked about on an episode, send me an email. I always respond. I send them a link. I send them screen captures, whatever they want. But if you're sending it to B-R-Y-A-N, it's just going out there, man. Like it's, it is lost in the fucking interwebs. It is gone to cyberspace. <laughs> that shit is gone. Nobody's responding. It's dead. It's like that fucking marriage. It's like fucking that vagrant queen. <laughs> it's like that vagrant. No. So send it to B-R-I. I is an igloo. B-R-I-A-N. That, yeah, that's how you spell my fucking name. 
and it's not brain. I hate it when the people do. It's not G R A I N. Just fuck. It's B R I A N at popcultureleftovers.com. I will copy and paste all this bullshit for you. You'll, if it's true, you'll know the, you'll know the whole fucking movie. You'll know everything. You'll know everything about it. Hey, well, tell me this, Brian. Does it have uh, any implications as far as the future of the Marvel Universe after Endgame? Uh, I do think that... I do think it will. I do think that the Widows are going to be... I think that the Black Widows will be a big thing going forward. And... And... I don't care what Florence Pugh says. She's taken on the mantle of Black Widow. Yeah, her her career is too hot right now. She's she's the next Black Widow. That's all I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, she's the next Black Widow. Like they had an interview with her, and she's like, "Oh, they're no, they're not passing the mantle to me. It's not. It's not about. It's not about passing the torch." And and I was just thinking, oh, I, I you went to the same fucking seminar that I went to that was hosted by the Russo brothers, where they where they would say anything, and they're all they're just liars. <laughs> It's like, it's you know, like, I, it's like having that conversation with your wife, you know, the same one that's talking to Kyle. She, yeah, she'll tell you anything you want to hear. I actually like, I like the fact that they lie to us. I, I, Me as well. I, I like that they're just like, fuck it. I'm not. going to tell I'm, you a bunch of bullshit sure. and then you're going to find out on your own. I okay, like the it. rule should be that if they're asked a question, they can lie about it, but they shouldn't mm. volunteer false right. information. I like it too. I don't care that they lie. I'm not saying that I want them to spoil shit. Sometimes I think the media just, they, media just wants their scoops, but like audiences want to be surprised. I get it. But you know, it's, 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 it's how you handle it. You know, I don't know. It's how you handle it sometimes with JJ Abrams and the whole con thing that was just, <sighs> Sloppy, sloppy, and I mean, so we'll see. I, at the end of the day, uh, this 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 person, this uh, 4chan leaker, believes that um, Florence Pugh is going to be the next Black Widow going forward. So, a Black Widow sequel, yeah, it could happen. We could get a trilogy of Black Widow movies, but we're not looking at Scarlett Johansson being Black Widow anymore, are we? So there, there's the answer to that question. We're looking at Florence Pugh and she's, she's up and coming and I, and yeah, I want to see more of her. I think she's fantastic. So, um, there could be some Black Widow stuff in between Infinity War and Endgame that could be explored because there was, you know, five years there where she was doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. DC News Wonder Woman got moved. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. June 5th to August 14th. So, it's official. Two months. Two months. Hmm. Look at that. Star Wars news. What do we got here? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't have any more DC news. Uh, hey, guys. DC news. Uh, Harley Quinn season two is coming out in April. Fan fucking tastic, right? Uh, yeah, it's a great show. If you have DC Universe, you should be watching DC Universe All-Star Games. 
hosted by Sam Witwer and Freddie Prince Jr. These guys are just doing a fantastic job with this. It's a fucking role-playing tabletop game, and yeah. it's just... It's, yeah, I watched one of them last week. It was pretty interesting. Sam Witwer, that's a that's a guy that you you would think you would see a lot more of. He's a right? really talented dude. He is. He's super talented, man. Great actor, great voice actor. I think you're going to see him in a like the Mandalorian or something like this. He's so tied to Star Wars and and you know the the character of uh what was his character in the uh the video game? I forgot what it was, but uh but yeah, you would I would think that you're going to see him get a live action role in a Star Wars series or, or was movie. Was he in the Force Unleashed? Yeah, yeah, he was um I forgot what the character's name was. He was the main guy, right? The main guy. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, yeah. He's he's done some uh, other voice acting for Star Wars as well, right? Yeah, he he did the voice of Maul. Dark yeah, Maul. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and so I think good. he also did the voice of. Um, he's really talented with voice acting. I think he did like Grandma Grandma Tarkin as well, mm. like in Rebels or something like that. Well, he's a great game master in this DC Universe All-Star Games, which I haven't watched the fifth episode yet, but I plan on tomorrow, my Sunday, I'm off. I'm off. I don't work. I don't have to, I don't have to do show notes. I don't have to watch anything for the show. It's like my day where I can watch whatever I want to. My day consists of me getting caught up on, I have, Fin- Listen to this shit. My day consists of me watching the fifth episode of DC Universe All Stars, but it also, it's like, dude, I gotta finish Hunters. Are you fucking kidding me? I haven't finished Hunters yet. Neil, are you through Hunters? Not yet. No, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where yeah. it's like, I watch an episode and I just can't watch another one for a little while. Oh, oh yeah. I wanna, I wanna, I, I seriously wanna get through. I'm through four episodes. I want to. I want to knock this series out. I think it's phenomenal. Okay, why is it hard to knock out? Is it just really intense or what? No, yeah. for, for Neil, it's like really like for me. Like I could. I think I could watch a couple episodes at a time. I think I could watch two to three episodes. It is intense, dude. But like, it's oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's something that I have to pay like really close attention to, and a lot of times I'm not in that mindset. So yeah, to very heavy like dialogue actually, or what? Yeah, and like stuff is happening, and you have to really like uh, like be super focused on the show. Um, mm. And there's a lot of times where I'm just kind of want something on, mm-hmm. but not have to pay super close attention to it. I'm that way. That's like enter like, Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, last night for me, it was like, I tried to like watch one show and I was, I was, I tried to watch one show and I was like, oh, this is just too much. Let me watch this show. And then I was like, holy fuck, even this is too much. By the end of the night, I was literally just watching more storage wars. Yeah. That's like reality shows are great for that. Exactly. It's just kind of like you can kind of turn your brain off and, you know, if you miss something or, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. You've, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars news. I haven't played the Star Wars bumper in probably f- 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Should I play the Star Wars? I, I literally haven't played the Star Wars bumper in probably 
70 episodes, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the, we haven't had news that's really deemed it necessary. No, point. it's by the end of it, it. We've had Star Wars news. I just, Jake, by the end of the show, I'm like so ready to get the fuck out of here and go to bed <laughs> that I feel like you can't even play one. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm going to play it because I, there's like, there's probably people that have been listening for two years. They have never heard the star Wars bumper. <laughs> Hold on. I'll play it. Here we go. What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Man, I really wanted to get that licorice in the mail today. <laughs> Jake, hold on, Jake. I, we haven't talked about this, but I, I watched the the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, and it was the licorice episode, and it there was like this primo fucking like licorice that you, it's like it's like fucking like that you would go into like a boutique kind of store, you know what I mean? Like a fucking like a mm-hmm. like a legit fucking candy shop, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about fucking like some bullshit candy shop. I'm talking about a fucking candy shop that you go into and they've got like the fucking like the see-through like glass shit and you like open up like this like lid mm-hmm. and you're looking in there and you got and then you got they give you this fucking like this fucking, you know, like a spade or like one of those silver shovels or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? And you dig in yeah, there yeah. and then you put little that plastic bag in the plastic bag in the zip ties <laughs> and then you weigh it. You weigh it. And then they, then they're like, yeah, well, there's going to be this much. And then you walk out with that kid. This is like premium fucking like licorice in this episode of, um, Kirby enthusiasm. And so. I was just like, I was having like these, I don't know, man. I was just, I was like, I got, I want licorice right now. Like I want good licorice. I don't want no fucking, I don't want no poor man's Twizzler bullshit right now. I want real, I want, no, seriously. Like I want to feel, I want to, I want to feel like, I want to feel like Jeff Bezos on a yacht eating licorice. You know what I mean? You've changed, Brian. You've changed. I know. I've changed. I want to, no, I want to feel, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to, I want to feel like a, 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 a well-traveled man, but who also knows good licorice. You know what I mean? Like I, I want the finer things in life and the finer licorice in life. And so like, I was like, I really wanted some good licorice. I tried to find the licorice that was in the episode, could not find it anywhere, but I stumbled upon a Danish website and they were selling premium premier fucking licorice, these licorice balls. And it was like what coated, it was a strawberry cream licorice and it was coated in a white chocolate, a strawberry cream, white chocolate. That sounds good. And they're like in these fucking. Those sound good. Yeah, it's in a clear tube, so you can look in there and you see these fucking licorice balls in this clear tube. Now, I don't know, like, 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 uh, like, what do they put in tubes? Yeah, tubes. And you know, it's good too. Like when you when it comes in that tin can, right? That uh, that Larry David was eating out of. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's not put, like in a cheap packaging. It's no, it's not no fucking plastic packaging that you rip open. And then you, <laughs> then, and then, and then and as soon as you rip open that fucking plastic package, now it's like if you don't eat them all, 
If you're not some fucking glutton that just sits around eating Twizzlers all goddamn day. <laughs> now you got to figure out how you're going to keep these Twizzlers fresh. But no, this comes in a tin, a tin can, like an aluminum, like a tin can. You can put the top right back on. It seals the freshness in. It seals the freshness. Yeah. The freshness is sealed. Yeah. So, the freshness so yeah, is sealed. Licorice, <laughs> this licorice was so good that Larry David kept going back to the car dealership that had the licorice and yes. eating licorice. And they got, you know, pissed off that he kept coming back for the licorice, so he bought a car. Have you ever watched, remember those infomercials? You ever remember those infomercials where the people were buying those fucking, those, uh, Ziploc ceiling bags, the ones where they would like, had a vacuum and they would be like, oh, let's put, let's put some chicken in here. And then they like, they put it in this oh, I loved those. bag and then like they suck all the air out and it's like, and then that you just see that bag go flat and it just, it just kind of like form fits around that chicken. There's no air left in there. And they're talking about how that locks in the, the Tina, that's going to lock in the freshness. The, the, the freshness is now, Tina, the, the freshness has now been locked in. You're going to be able to enjoy this chicken in seven years. You can put that in your freezer and you can eat that in seven years. That's going to give you seven years. I don't know. I, seven years is a little, that's, that's, that's a little over the top. I don't think you could put meat in your fridge for seven years and still be good. You'd probably die. But like, that's the thing is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Who the fuck is using Jake? Would you use a vacuum sealer every day with everything? Would you? Mm, I wouldn't use it every day with everything, but I can find things to do with it. I don't know, man. I don't. I want to. I want to. I want to bump into somebody. I've never bumped it. You know, like you bump into people and they rave about something stupid that they own, and they like, they think you should own it too. I've never bumped into like the fucking food like sealer person. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, we got the, we the, 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 the Ziploc seal, the fucking, I don't, what do they call those things? Is it, you, you put vacuum lit, sealers. a vacuum sealer. Thank you. I was, they, I was using both words. I talk, I said vacuum. <laughs> I said sealer. I didn't combine yeah, you're them. You're almost there. I was, almost. yeah, I know. I'm like Bon Jovi. Um. <laughs> 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 you were halfway there. I was living on a prayer, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why am I talking? We got we're in Star Wars news, and I'm talking about I a vacuum saw, sealer. We played the Star Wars bumper for the first time in years, so we can talk about fucking licorice. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know what, but lick, dude, yeah, I bought licorice balls, and they haven't come in yet. And I will eat them on an episode. I promise you will hear on a, an episode. On an episode, you'll hear me eat it for the first time on an episode. I'm telling you that mm. right now. But like these vacuum sealers, man, I don't get it, dude. Dude, I drink all my beer. We gotta end this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, news from MakingStarWars.net: Michael Bean has been cast mm. in Star Wars: The Mandalorian second season. So Michael Bean yeah. from awesome. The Terminator, from Tombstone, he played Johnny Ringo. Was he in the? He wasn't in the Abyss. He was in. Wasn't uh, he? A, he was yeah, in he was. Alien. He was like a real was bad guy in the well. Abyss. Yeah, he was the soldier guy who uh, tried to nuke the aliens. Yeah, holy fuck, dude! You can tell it's been a while since I watched the Abyss. Great movie. Um, it was great. 
Oh, I love the abyss. Um, he was in Aliens. He was a bunch of great movies. He's going to be in the second season of The Mandalorian. I think like this. This feels to me kind of like another casting, kind of like you know, um, getting Carl Weathers. You know, like bringing back some of like these '80s stars that yeah. were in these movies, like another Carl Weathers. You know. Yeah, yeah well, it almost could have been an original Star Wars movies around that time. Mm. Yeah, I really trust the casting decisions on that show. Oh, totally. Who do you think he's going to play in the second season? Um, what was Someone the name like of that? Me. That one Jedi? Uh, fuck. Oh, don't um, no! Don't make him a Jedi. No, mm. I, I. But like, I, I see him like. Uh, uh, Carthanassi, is that his name? Ah, no, that's from the game. Never mind. <laughs> uh, did you say Carthanass eat? <laughs> may the may the force be with you. Ah. <laughs> Uh, this is my way. <laughs> now, may the force be with you. Now I'm gonna tongue punch your butthole. Uh, uh, Michael Flick. The bean. Yeah, there we go. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I, I think it's great. I want him to play kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. He was fucking, he was fucking good as, he was great as Hicks in Aliens where he was a stand up dude. Uh, he was great as fucking Kyle Reese in The Terminator where he's, you know, like, uh, this Marine, this space Marine. And, but he was also a great fucking villain like in Tombstone. Where he played Johnny Ringo. So it's like, dude, part of me wants to, part of me wants him to be like, you know, a new member of like Bill Burr's crew. You know what I mean? Like, uh. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. I've heard he's for sure returning too. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Like, here's a deep cut. Um, back in the 90s, I remember him being the fan cast for Cyclops. Oh yeah, from like Wizard Magazine and shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. You, but, but, oh God! Do you remember who they were gonna cast? They were gonna cast. Uh, was it was it Bob Hoskins as Wolverine at one time? Do you remember that, Jake? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That'd be, be a great old man, Logan. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Aged well. Oh my God, Bob Hoskins. That was when people were too focused on being too comic accurate. You know? Yeah. Kyle well, Katarn. That's what? the name of the Jedi I was thinking oh. of. Oh, that Sam Witwer played? Yeah, he did, huh? <laughs> hey, it all comes full circle. <laughs> Speaking of the circle, Tristan, you gotta watch it. It's on Netflix. It. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that earlier, Jake, when you were fucking dodging, trying to dodge nature from killing you. 
<laughs> it was a nice distraction from the other thing in nature trying to kill me. So, <laughs> yeah, literally humans trying to kill you at the grocery store, and corona- and coronavirus. Is that yeah? But at least you got a healthy Urushia. Yeah. Oh man, the cats were not fans of going outside. I got a nice claw right to the chest. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys ready to wrap this shit? I think yeah, yeah. Let's, let's eat. Oh, man. Ass. That's what I... You know what? <laughs> let's go eat some ass. All right. <laughs> Carson ass eating. <laughs> oh, my... What about that third episode of fucking uh, Dave where she built that fucking milking hole? <laughs> <laughs> the end. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Oh, God. Yes. I, I saw that coming. I was like, somebody's going to open that garage door. This is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, hey, Jake, thanks for uh, coming back doing half of this episode. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, better than the last few weeks. So. I know. But, yeah, I should be good to go. You'll, you'll, you'll see more of me and more regularly this I think the madness has kind of calmed down for a bit. It was just so much anxiety, man. I was just uncomfortable even doing the podcast for a few weeks there. Baby steps, baby steps. Next week, we'll do three-fourths of an episode, okay? (laughs) Three-fourths of an episode, yeah. All right. I'll just, like, there'll be a couple puddles that I'll have to stop for. Yeah, we'll give you, uh, like, somewhere somewhere along the line. I'm going to give you a buzzer, sir, okay? I'll give you a buzzer. I'm going to send you a buzzer in the mail. You hit that buzzer. It's like, when you hit that buzzer... That means like you get a 45 minute timeout. You get to leave. I get a 45 minute timeout. (laughs) (laughs) Make it like a reality show. It's like, you know what I mean? I like it. I like it. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, like we're talking about fucking Zack Snyder and Jake's like, (laughs) Oh, I get to choose when to hit the buzzer. Nice. Yeah. It's your buzzer, dude. It's your (laughs) fucking buzzer. And then you leave. You do your thing, and then you come back forty-five minutes later. We'll get you back in there. We'll get you. We'll get you nursed back to health, full podcast health, when you can come back and do a full one. I'd, prob- I'd probably stay to rip on Zack Snyder, though. Oh, you probably would. You probably would. <laughs> yeah. I know why his daughter killed herself. Oh, oh whoa! Oh, wow. <laughs> Did we go there? No. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, stop it. <laughs> stop it, Neil. Don't encourage me. Stop it, sir. Oh, shit. Stop it. That is not funny. You shouldn't be laughing at that. There's nothing. It's pretty funny. Just like <laughs> Neil. You should be ashamed. I want to know what Neil's punchline is that's making him last so long. Why did she do it, Neil? Did she see the Snyder cut? (laughs) That's what it is now, yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. That's the reality show where they showed off little Dickie's penis for the first time they said and behold the Snyder Cut (laughs) (laughs) and they're like so that's two holes that's two holes the Snyder Cut is when you get two holes (laughs) (laughs) bravo bravo you've done it again 
All right. And just like, I want to, hey, Tristan, Neil, thank you so much. Hey, this is a great time. <laughs> Are you sure? Enjoyable. I hope so. I don't know anymore. No, it's really... always good. It's always good checking in with you guys. And yeah. Good to be on with Neil again, too, I must say. Yeah. What was like a year ago we were on it together? Yeah. I just remember us talking about like uh fucking uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's trailer. So it must have been a while ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, Aladdin. Ago. That's what we were talking about, Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin. Yeah, so that was about a year ago. Oh, I need it's on Disney Plus. That I that should bring me back to Disney Plus. I enjoyed that movie. Jake, have you watched the live action Aladdin? I did watch it. What'd you think? I, I, it was like a high taste it for me. It was definitely better than I expected from yeah. listening to the soundtrack first. Yeah, I, I get. I think I gave it a high taste it too. I think I did. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. It was fun. Like it, it really did have that Bollywood feel during the big dance numbers. Mm-hmm. Just a fun, bright, colorful movie. And I thought I thought the cast was really good too. I, Will Smith was way more entertaining than I ever thought he would be in that role. Oh, he was really good. He was really good. He was fantastic in Bad Boys for Life as well. Just gonna throw it out there. He was really good. Yeah, Bad Boys for Life was fucking awesome. It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun time. All right, guys. Don't uh, from now until next week. Stay at home. Stay away from the germs. Use the Purell. Be careful. And don't die. Don't die. We'll see you next week. We we need the few listeners we have. Yeah, exactly. The the downloads have gone down because everybody's dying. (laughs) Lame. Quit dying. I know. Oh man, now, we're gonna have the leftovers of the leftover army after this. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the survivors. All right, just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Night. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing that is pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't 
embrace it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover, pop culture leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftover. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftover. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.